0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's on Draft, a podcast where we each take five picks from a prompt we've written from books, music, movies, TV shows, or anything else in the universe, and you, the listeners, tell us whose picks want to offer a tv show to five years from now and then when the time comes bump it so you can put Lino in front of them my name is paul and i am joined tonight by my usual co-host cameron cam how's it going
1: hey uh, you know uh, yeah, it seems it, it, it's good that you've let that go paul it seems <laughs> it's good that you're not uh, holding on to any grudges any late night grudges but uh i'm uh, i'm doing good doing good
0: and good Uh, And Michael is not here this evening. So we have brought in a a guest, returning guest, sort of a a What's on Draft all star here. Jordan is back with us. Jordan, your episode is by far the most listened to episode of What's on Draft. Is it really? It is.
2: One of those listens may be me.
0: Well, it it is. Uh, it, it's kind of if we're if we're talking tiers of episodes, there are three episodes that kind of stand apart from everything else. It's uh, the Star Wars episode that Jordan was on, um, the serial killer episode that Elena was on, and then our first episode, the three on three basketball tournament. Um, that uh, those are the those are the three most listened to, but yeah, Jordan's um, is probably got. Uh, it's, it's about three times our usual listenership, your episode. Do you,
1: so. do you think that's subject matter? Not to, not to say Jordan didn't do a great job on that episode, but is it possible <laughs> we'll that the star that. Wars <laughs> algorithm got it? Like it the serial know. killer algorithm got it. So next time we have Jordan on, we're going to do like pottery or something and yeah. see if he can keep those it's numbers really just up.
2: About. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have head. noticed when you play it on Spotify, um, the uh, um whatever the bar is that that goes across as time goes on, it's a lightsaber. Oh, so it very much knows that it is it is Star, Star Wars content.
1: You're you're really. messing with
2: me. Go look it up. I'm not making it up.
1: Are you serious?
0: Yeah, a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. How can that be? <laughs> My Kieran's mind is blown. Karen's mind is blown. I had not noticed that. I'd never. Uh, I had never listened to it on Spotify. So. Uh, I'll have to check that out. All
1: right. I will take this draft off and I will investigate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So Jordan, how is it going? Everything, uh, everything going good since you've been on last?
2: Yeah, it's uh, been an interesting year or so. Um, Yeah. Things are going pretty well. Um, I, you know, have not lost my job or anything. Uh, I've been more Ste- or less setting uh, the bar uh,
1: high <laughs> have, haven't gotten fired
2: <laughs> i mean not everyone can say that this yeah, past that's true year. yeah that's um, true true haven't had uh haven't been too affected by, by covid um yeah it, it, yeah it's uh i, I you know i have you learn things about yourself um this weird kind of year i'm a creature of habit and um you know have my habits really adjusted this past year now that we are knock on wood coming out of the pandemic having to as good as it is I'm still having to adjust my habits um which is you know interesting and uh not not so easy to do even even if it's a good adjustment but anyway
0: yeah yeah I, c- I can see that and it's um you know, there's a difference between uh, approaching a change in kind of habits um, willingly and motivated and being told, uh, you know, you you can't do this uh, either just legally or for safety reasons or, or whatever it is. Um, that's definitely a, a culture shock, I guess, or a, I don't know, an yes. environment shock, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so Jordan, I think uh, from us messaging about uh, you scheduling and, and when we were going to hop on, uh, I think you went to see a movie last week, right? Um, back in, back in theater, or
2: uh, yeah, I have seen pretty much every new movie I've seen nice. since early May has been in the theater.
0: Interesting. What, okay. uh, you, what you got one you'd recommend? Uh, good, good uh, de- de- definitely see Summer of Soul. Okay.
2: Um, it's a lot it, it's a lot of fun. It's the closest I've gotten to seeing live music for the last you know 15 months or however long it's been. I, I lose track sometimes. Um, just phenomenal performances. Um, it's just insane that this footage was left in someone's basement for 50 years. Um, it, it deserved to be shown uh, you know at the same level that Woodstock was, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I uh, I think I had like maybe just briefly heard the the name of it, but I'm looking up who's featured in it right now. So Summer of Soul, Stevie Wonder, David Ruffin, The Fifth Dimension, Mavis Staples. Uh, yeah, that's some big. The Chambers Sorry, Brothers. Yeah, that's some big, some heavy hitters. So yeah, that would be. I imagine in theaters, uh, one that is great with the the theater sound system and everything.
2: Yes. Yes. And if even if you don't want to go to a theater, it is, it is available on Hulu. Okay.
0: Oh, okay. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. We, I have not been able to make it to a theater. I would love to go see just something in the movie theater, just because at this point it's been so long since I've been to a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to make it back, but have not had, have not had the time in the schedule. Uh, but with, you know, got some big blockbusters out now i'd like to check out black widow or fast nine or something um in the in the theater just you know just see some big old explosions in a in a movie theater environment would be like a a pleasing return to some amount of normalcy i feel like Uh, but yeah yeah cam anything uh what, what have you been up to this week anything good I actually I saw a movie. I sat down, I streamed a
1: movie uh, on HBO, I believe, HBO Isn't Max. It? And, uh, you know, I, I try to get a movie in once in a while when I'm watching the kid mm-hmm. um, when he's sleeping. You know, don't, sometimes I'll just watch a movie with headphones or something on. But I, I checked out a movie. It came out last year. I think it was released in theaters, but obviously it didn't do very well. But they went ahead and pushed it out there. It's called Let Him Go. I don't know if you've heard about it. Um, it's got, Kevin Costner, uh, Diane Lane, and it's actually based on a novel. Uh, it's set in the fifties, where a couple, Kevin Costner and Diane Lane, um, their son died, um, and his wife and their grandson. Um, a couple years later, she remarries, and then to a, like an abusive relationship, and the guy takes them like a couple states over. It's set in like the sixties, so not a lot of like government oversight, I guess, um, or, or any departments for, uh, you know, public health or stuff like that. So they go to try and get the grandson back and in turn the daughter back and, and rescue them from what essentially is like an abusive family. Like the son is part of like, he's like abused from like his family and they all live in this house. And so it's like a bad situation. Uh, it, it, it plays like a Cormac McCarthy novel a little bit. Mm. So it's, it's very, uh, it, it's dark. The tone is very meandering, you know, It slowly moves, lots of long shots. Uh, cinematography is pretty good. It's in the upper, the upper Midwest, uh, I think uh, Montana or the Dakotas. Um, so a pretty good one-time watch. I don't know if I'd, I'd watch it again, maybe a couple of times if somebody wanted to watch it. Um, I'd probably give it a good six out of 10 maybe seven depending on how i feel but i was a little more emotionally connected to it because of my son and you know i was like what do i do or what are my parents going to do when i die and holly goes off to like a cult or something like do i think my dad can
0: be the kevin costner um so i don't know yeah so uh kevin costner and diane lane was the son's name clark uh...
1: (laughs) oh the superman
0: yeah, little Zack Snyder's Justice League. That- yeah, that was that was, that was uh, Ma and Pa Kent in uh, Justice League. Wow, I I, I, and, I didn't know damn I, I forgot. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yep. Hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I have watched. Uh, I mean, we've been watching Loki. Uh, I have not watched any movies lately. Uh, I did buy got a new game that it's one that came out I think early last year and was pretty critically acclaimed, um, Ghost of Tsushima, which is like a samurai game. Um, And it's what's kind of cool is you can set it to Kurosawa mode and it turns the game to black and white and does Japanese audio with English subtitles instead of the English voiceovers, um, which is pretty fun. But it's, uh, you know, I, I started out, it's like an open world game and there's a part at the beginning it's, it's set in like this Island in Japan that's being overrun by Genghis Khan's grandson and the Huns. And you're like, the last surviving samurai of a battle between uh, the two forces. And, uh, you know, it starts out, I'm like, okay, it's an open world game. I get this, you know, I'm like, I don't have my equipment yet. So I'm going to need to like sneak up on these enemies and attack them. But it turns out because it's based on like samurai culture, your character does not believe in sneaking at the beginning of the game. So he just refuses to attack someone without announcing himself first. So the very first thing that happened in the game is I just, uh, walked up behind I kind of like crouched and walked up behind someone and tried to hit a button to do like a sneak attack and instead uh, my samurai just like stood up and got seen by everyone and immediately mowed (laughs) down by like 30 archers that I was supposed (laughs) to just walk past apparently oh my goodness Uh, that sounds
1: cool that sounds like a pretty cool game I mean I love period piece games you know they seldom get released so that that seems like something if I was a console gamer I'm assuming you have it on the PS4. Yes, yep. That uh, I would be into it. Yeah, I was gonna
2: say I'm not. I'm not much of a gamer, but you you really got my attention when you said Kurosawa mode.
0: Yes, yep. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. I would only play it in Kurosawa mode, and it's it's clearly made by people who love like Kurosawa movies and sort of samurai stuff. Um, And the combat system is interesting. It's not a lot of games like that the fighting style is like the you know you're talking about like the new spider-man game or something it's a lot of rapidly doing combos and stuff and this is more like waiting for the moment and doing your one strike that'll kill the enemy so you kind of stay in a defensive position and uh take people out or you have to knock them out of their defensive position so um it it definitely requires a little bit more finesse than some of these games that i've played. So, Uh, There's definitely a bit of a learning curve at first. And, uh, you know, if someone were watching the first hour or so that I was playing, they might say I looked uh, a little clueless, a little little clueless gamer here in my.
2: uh, Oh, okay. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I got uh,
2: that's a segue right there. That's
0: right. So yeah, uh, listeners, as you, I mean, as you know, because you've seen the title of the episode, uh, we decided to get this episode together in honor of Conan O'Brien wrapping up his show. Um, so this was a couple of weeks ago now that Conan officially ended. He's moving to HBO Max to do some sort of variety show. I don't think there's any details out, so I don't know. Uh, I'm assuming he'll take a lot of his crew with him because he has every other time he's switched shows, right, gone to different networks and such. Um, He has has kind of brought people along with him, but uh, I don't know how similar it's going to be to... Uh, the Conan talk show, right? I don't know if, uh, I don't think they've announced if Andy's going to be there or uh, who else is going to actually be involved with that. So um, yeah, we wanted to kind of just talk about Conan wrapping the show up, the years that we have spent watching Conan. And the one thing that Conan is is probably known for um, above, you know, sort of all the other late night talk shows is his remote segments that he of course, has spun off into the uh, Conan abroad segments um, and everything else he's done. So to this this evening, we are going to be drafting our favorite Conan remotes. So we will each be taking five remotes, uh, and you, the listener, can tell us which one of those you think are Conan's best work uh, when we get to the end of it here. So uh, we don't have any stipulations on it, right? It can be. Um, it doesn't have to be a segment that Conan went and did himself. It could be a segment that he has thrown to. So we're including things like the triumph segments, things like that. Uh, but yeah, we'll just be taking our, our five favorite Conan uh, remotes and kind of chatting up why we like them. Um, so Jordan, uh, as you know from being on before, our, our other tradition is that when we have a guest on, the guest gets to select Uh, which of the three draft spots they want to be slotted into. So for this evening's draft, where would you like to go?
2: You know, I'm going to be completely selfish and take number one because the pick I have at the top of my list, I have a feeling is also at the top of your list, and I don't want it to be stolen.
1: Now be careful there. You know, first pickers always kind of think that, and more often than not, it's not the other people's first pick. Oddly enough, oddly enough, you know, it's it's burned us several times in the past. Um,
0: so, he, but he might he might be going with the Canadian bacon of Conan Remotes. <laughs> <laughs> Callback uh, to, uh, classic, classic.
1: Actually, it'll call back to a couple episodes. Uh, I ordered a Marco's pepperoni pizza tonight because classic single topping, and I'm drinking a little Jameson and ginger ale. Call back to the bar episode. Nice. Uh, that,
0: Nathan, the guest, said that it was the, his classic summer drink. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, Cameron, I've got our fancy coin flip simulator here. Uh, I'm going I'm to go three, two, one, and you can call it in the digital air. All right. Got it. All right. Three, two, one. Tails. Tails. All right. Do you want second or third? Yeah, I'll go two. Okay. Also, hasn't it always been tails? It has always been tails every time we've done it. Uh, And I know because I've never won one of the the simulated coin flips. So uh, according to these stats, it's been heads slightly more than tails uh, overall. Uh, All right. Well, I think we're ready to kick it off then. And Jordan, you're in the number one spot. So you... I think I know what you're going for, uh, but let's see. Let's see if my intuition here is correct.
2: Uh, all right. Um, if memory serves, when he was winding down um, late night and was preparing to transition to his brief ten years as the host of The Tonight Show, he was re Cohen was re-airing some of his favorite clips from late night. If, if I recall, he aired this. Not only did he aired, he said. This was his favorite remote of all time, and he wanted to play it at his funeral. Uh, I'm going with the old timey baseball league segment.
0: So, Paul, was that your first pick? Uh, That was actually, I had that number two. Okay. I had it number one.
1: So it was my number one as well.
0: Yeah. So
2: my instincts were basically correct.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was just trying to get you to go second.
0: A uh, uh, little head games uh, also don't always work.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, it, it, I think uh, kind of like, I think Conan and I have kind of an affinity. Conan and I, as if I know him personally. Yeah. How is um, he doing, by the way? He, he, he's doing all right. He's okay, ready okay. to just, you know, kind of take a break for cool, a while. Cool. Um, give, give him my best. Just, you know, this kind of old timey stuff is just. Really, never not funny to me. Um, so there's this. Um, there's this. I think this segment was in 2004. There's this. Uh, there was this league somewhere on Long Island where they met and played baseball, nineteenth, uh, mid-nineteenth century rules. Um, they had all the. the they had the kind of old uniforms with things that are really um, poorly patched on. Uh, the the bats were really really poor quality. Um, they a lot of them will talk in old timey terminology. Like the pitcher is called a hurler. Um, they call the ball an apple. He's talking to all these people and just getting to know, you know how the league works. And um, yeah, as Conan kind of does, he's always getting in jokes and sort of making fun of them. And he sits down at the bench with. Um, Several women just watching the men play because it's 19th century, the men play and the women watch. That's just how they did it back then. Um, he's talking to them about, you know, like, what does your father do? What does your father do? And, you know, uh, there's this one, there's this one woman who she's, you know, everyone is like kind of in character, but they'll, they'll kind of break once in a while. This one woman he talks to, she, Never ever breaks, and she's super shy. Has I was kind thinking
1: of this- she she <laughs> maybe doesn't go in for this thing, but like somebody made her dress up, like she's not into it, so she got dragged along, so she's not like as I don't know, but I, I know that this scene you're talking about, and the woman that she's like so not enjoying the moments of being on a TV show, yeah, she's uh, very and is very quiet. scared about it,
2: yeah. She always has this kind of spooky kind of persona it has a like, slight slight with what sounds to me an Irish will to her voice. And she's just always shooting down all the, the questions that Conan has for you know, what does your father do? He's a farmer. What does your father do? He's a farmer. And what does your fa- father do? My father since passed. <laughs> he laughs at he at what a terrible thing to laugh. <laughs> um, and, uh, And then later he suits up and plays and has this gigantic handlebar mustache and big mutton chops. And he's, you know, heckling the the pitcher and like, if that apple had been hurled any lower, I would have had to dig to Hades itself to hit it. Um, It's it's just so many great jokes. A plane flies overhead during the segment. What is this demonry? (laughs)
1: Yeah, it, it's it's a classic. Uh, that's why it's number one for me and number number two for Paul. Um, it, you're right. It plays right up Conan's angle, which is the old timey angle. Uh, best old timey accent uh, of any late night uh, host for sure. He does it so well. He does it like every other episode. I feel like at, at least for a couple <laughs> seconds, uh, no matter what. So um, yeah, great great episode. No wonder he re-aired it when he was leaving uh, late night. But um, the only other joke that comes to memory, I didn't rewatch it because I was like, it's my number one. I don't need to rewatch it when I'm doing research. But um, I remember when he was talking to the the, the, umpire, the umpire, which was called the referee back then. Yes. And the guy's like pulling out his pad and he's like, oh, I have a pencil <laughs> to keep score. And you know, I don't have any zippers or my outfit because I'm all authentic and everything. And then he accidentally pulls out a protein bar. And Conan just like <laughs> goes off on him about the authentic like Kellogg's yeah, yeah, protein yeah. bar that he has yeah, yeah, yeah. in his in his pocket. So it's a it's a good time. Uh, it's a it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's got I think uh, it's got two of the things that make a great Conan element. Which one is Conan getting to dress up? Uh, so him putting on the old costume, and then um, he you know he does best when uh, you you need like the perfect person for him to bounce off of and so the the shy girl right jordan that you mentioned who i just assumed maybe had some improv training or something almost that she you know e- either unintentionally or she maybe was just intentionally going for the most awkward angle uh but conan was clearly getting a kick out of it but um you know even if she doesn't have improv training she was kind of yes anding into the comedy and uh that led to the scene and you know you can tell there are some remotes when uh, people are either just too totally shy to say anything. And so Conan has no material to work with or, uh, you know, they're, they're either hamming it up too much or they're just trying to keep doing whatever their job is. And Conan like can't knock them off of yeah. their, you know, preset play, yeah. kind of speech or something like that. Um, and those kind of can weigh the segment down. But this one, like the people he was interacting with, plus the situation like meshed. Uh, kind of perfectly. But I, you know, I, I was thinking of the, the league, right? So all they do is they come together for these baseball games. It's not like one of these, you know, pioneer cities or something where you have kind of a larger, uh, you know, role playing opportunity in the town or something. So for for those women who show up to watch the game, like, I guess they've got to really be into it because they, they're volunteering to go to a situation where they have almost nothing to do. <laughs> but, right like it's not like they get to be homesteading and talk about like running a home in you know the, in the same time period or something like that they literally are just sitting on a bench watching the league kind of happen uh,
2: yeah i mean as i alluded to they, they pretty much define themselves by the men on the field by their fathers or their husbands or whoever mm-hmm. and and yeah i mean kind of what what, what cameron was saying about the, like the granola bar, protein bar. I I think that's another thing that Conan loves is not only old, you know, uh, old timey things, but pointing out the, um, the thin line between, you know the artificiality of the old timey and, you know things from the modern world um, intruding into the old timey stuff. I think, (laughs) I think he loves that clash.
0: Yeah, for sure yeah it it um you know it's at the top of a lot of people's lists Um, as you said it's conan's favorite um and it's i i said i had it too like it's almost tied um at the top of my list for for the two i had at the top so i'm hoping uh cameron doesn't go for the other one that i kind of slotted in here at number one but there is a chance that uh, because it's another one of the really popular ones so cameron let's see if you're going to uh completely block me out of my top picks here
1: yeah i don't think i will paul um just because after the old timey like i got like a dead tie for like the next five mm-hmm. um i could pick them or, or leave them so the chances of me getting yours i think, is very high but we'll see so i'm going with another late night conan so i don't know if that's uh paul if that's got you sweating uh, a little bit a little it bit a little late bit. night Mine's a late night, so... Okay. Um, and I'm going with a staple of Conan O'Brien when he does remotes. I'm going with the Triumph the Insult Comic Dog okay. episode. Uh, oh, I'm not. I'm not going for that one. I'm going... No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I'm going for the Star Wars Episode two, Attack of the Clones Triumph the Insult Comic Dog remote, right? So it's a yep. Conan remote because it's Conan, but uh, Triumph, which is just... He's right. He's our generation's version of an insult comic, right? He's our Don Rickles, um, and <laughs> when you watch Triumph, you understand why people loved Don Rickles fifty years ago. Um, just to watch Triumph obliterate these people um, <laughs> is hilarious, right? So they're there at the premiere of Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. So I think this is in, oh, I don't know, two thousand two, something 2002. like that. Two thousand two. Two thousand two. Um, and man, of course it's nerd central. and He is just ripping them apart. You know, he goes up to one guy wearing like Jedi attire, pretty heavyset guy. And, and he's like, what's the, you know, he's got the triumph voice and everything. And, you know, what's the, what, what's the virtues of a Jedi and the guy's like, oh, you know, truth, honor, um, you know, and protecting the needy and trying to his, and eating a lot of peanut M&Ms, I bet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, so, and of course, most of it's based on the fact that they're nerds and they'll never get girls and everything like that um i mean there's just a host of jokes uh it's non-stop triumph just ripping on all these nerds because they're taking it way too seriously and they're asking for it you know they're playing risk there outside Uh it's all like risk you know typically played indoors by 12 year olds (laughs) (laughs) Um, so um it's it's a good time uh they even do a little bit of uh I guess you'd call it prop comedy. They bring in a Spock lookalike to antagonize the, uh, the star Wars fans. So um, triumph is great. Uh, All his remotes are hilarious. I love when he goes to political things uh, because then you can see the political people that are like, I'm not going to put up with this. And then you see the political people who have like a sense of humor. And they're like, that was a good joke. That was a good joke. You told about my candidate and whatnot. So uh, but I think his best is this Star Wars, uh, mm-hmm. the Star Wars remote.
0: So I'm going with that. Yeah, this was uh, third on my list. So still, yeah, still zeroing in on the same ones. Uh, this one just has a lot of classic Triumph one-liners. He's like, have you ever talked to a girl without giving her your credit card first? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which button calls your mom to pick you up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my it. favorite too.
1: <laughs> You know it's a good triumph joke when the and I forget what the 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 gentleman's name is who who does triumph, but when Uh, he starts to do you know Jordan?
2: Yeah, Robert Smigel. He was a writer for SNL. That's right, Robert Smigel. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Um, but when he's starting to laugh while he's telling the insult, you know it's going to be good. And and the the (laughs) the button to call your mom. He was laughing in that one.
0: Yes. Yeah. Just a classic. And, um, a lot of the, I think, like you said, a lot of the people that were out there were pretty good natured about it. Um, not, not offended, which is, I think that's the best opportunity for triumph is people who aren't going to take themselves too seriously, but are, are into something earnestly enough that there's like a lot of material to make fun of, but it doesn't look like triumph is, you know, they're kind of laughing along with it. So you don't get that real awkward, like, "Eh, I don't know. Is this okay? Kind of feeling.
2: Yeah. You don't, Um, you don't feel bad for laughing at the jokes at their expense. generally. I think another thing, this, I I had this at number two, but also knowing full well that if I got my number one, I was not going to get this. Um, I think, I think the one, one thing that two things that make every triumph segment work really well is one, Cameron, what you alluded to, he is he, Robert Smile, cracks up a lot. And I, I again just kind of love just the thin just the thin line between this character and just, you, you know, that uh, you just know that it's a guy with a puppet. Um, number two, I, you know, comedy writers are not known for uh, being jocks. Comedy writers are nerds and dorks too. So I think. Right. I think it's another thing that has going for it that, you know, we the camera not on, you know, Smigel would probably be willing to wait in a line for an hour or two. I have a feeling.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I love how long the arm holding the microphone is on the puppet. <laughs> it's, it's just so like, <laughs> it like, just sticks in <laughs> from behind the camera. Oh, yeah. Good. I think
1: my, my favorite line is um he finds a, a woman in the in the crowd uh, a Star Wars fan who's a woman and he's like whoa look there's there's a girl here an actual girl amongst all these 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 uh these uh these guys and he's like wow you must feel pretty lucky you can have your pick of the litter of of, of all all these guys who have no idea how to please you.
0: <laughs> uh.
1: So, right. anyway, triumph the insult comic dog Star Wars episode two opening. All right, Paul. So um, your
0: two's taken, your three's taken. It looks like you got you one. I got my one. I got I got my number one. Again, very close to these other two. Um, and then I think underneath these three, there's a lot that I you know I like and would consider kind of taking. But uh, I'm gonna go with one. Um, where he has a guest, uh, a guest that he brought on kind of frequently, um, especially in the late night days, and um, did a good job of uh, definitely taking this uh, particular guest out of the, an environment where you would expect to see him. I'm going with Conan goes apple picking with Mr. T. Um, so yeah, this segment, he just talked about um, all of the uh, you know the great weather that they're currently having in the Northeast, and it's a tradition to go out and uh, go apple picking. Throwback to our Thanksgiving episode where Sarah talked about going uh, apple picking in the in the Northeast um, when they were grading our menu choices. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he says, you know, I invited a guest to come out apple picking with me. He shows up, and it's Mr. T, um, and uh, he you know, is, is kind of getting Mr. T to yell at the apples or you could just yell at them and see if they'll come down from the tree. Um, and, you know, giving him lines and I forget what the line is, but at one point he, um, he says like, say, I like, I pity the, the apple that won't come down for Mr. T and, uh, Mr. T doesn't know he's supposed to repeat that. So he just goes, yeah, like I'm with Mr. C on this one. And Conan's like, yes, you have to call me <laughs> Mr. C, uh, from now on. And, um, uh, they go to kind of like a pumpkin carving festival and they end up on a hayride with a couple families and they're just on a hayride. And at one point a branch hits Mr. T in the face and he just goes, it's okay. I eat trees for breakfast. Um, and my, my favorite part is they're they're eating a few of the apples um, after they find one without a worm in it. Cause Mr. T gets very angry and elbows the worm out of the apple <laughs> Uh, and, then, and Mr. T goes to talk and he covers his mouth while he's talking. And Conan's like, wait, why are you covering your mouth now? Like you've been screaming at me all day, but now that you're eating, you're going to try to cover it up. And Mr. T's like, because my mama told me to be polite. Um, and then he asks if he could throw the apple and uh, Mr. T throws it maybe two feet away. He has just the the, the, the slowest, weakest throw possible. And you can tell Conan's like, feel like I should make fun of this, but also it might not be safe to, to make fun of this. Uh, but it's just a it's just a really good blend of um, uh, sort of a, a weird context and Conan and Mr. T play off of each other so well. Um, and d- does that good thing where uh, oh, they work in Conan likes to work in really good edits, right. So there's one part where Mr. T is telling stories about being on the A team. And um, they just loop it so that it looks like he's been talking for hours. Like they, they kind of fade in and out. Uh, But yeah, I got, got a lot of my favorite late night bits in that one. So yeah. Apple picking with Mr. T.
2: Can you believe I've never seen this one?
0: Really? Really?
2: Yeah.
1: Wow. You know, that, that's not super surprising to me because I actually, this was an early Conan, right? What is this, yes, like 2000? Yeah. Um, I hadn't seen this one, um, and I only caught it probably maybe like five years ago. Um, it's, uh, it's funny, right? And for the most part, it's funny because Mr. T is apple picking. Um, so that just seems a little out there. So it's pretty hilarious. Good clash of personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Conan excited to be with the, you know, really intense Mr. T and trying to bring that intensity to... Apple picking. Um, I don't remember too much, but I remember the the bad throw, and I remember the mouth while he's eating. He's like, "I yeah. like to be polite, be polite." <laughs> but he's just yelling the whole, all the rest of the time, just yelling and being intense. So um, it was a good watch. It was a good watch. Um, I don't have it in my top five, but that's only because I've only watched it once or twice. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, interesting. Um, as your number one. Uh, but, it, but it was a good it was a good remote.
0: Yeah Yeah, you're right. It is very early on in, in late night, um, and you can tell uh, just the quality of the camera footage is uh, lower than a, a lot of the other remotes we'll probably talk about, but um, just some great, great kind of improv work from Conan. Uh, there's a part where he's just like up, he's just climbed to the top of the tree and Mr. T is yelling at him to come down and Conan's just going, no, I'm not, you're being too aggressive. I'm not going to come down until you stop yelling at me. Like, <laughs> uh, so that's your homework, Jordan. You got to go watch this one.
2: Yep. Got it on the list.
0: There you go all right uh, into the second round um and this is you know i've been watching a lot I'm, I'm trying to only pick ones that i've rewatched recently um just so they're kind of fresh in my mind and there's a lot of good options i think i want to go with one that has uh, a lot of heavy music jokes in it um just because that's another staple of the conan remotes right is when conan gets the opportunity to uh, do some music but i am going to go with one where uh, he's actually writing the song for some other people i am going with conan forms the band dudes Plenty um for this one so this was uh they were joking about abc starting the what was it star talent search or um,
2: uh, i have this on the list so i have a bunch of notes on it it was called making the band
0: taking the band that's it um yeah so they you know he was like you know we at nbc and that's another another conan classic is ripping on nbc even when he was on nbc uh you know like nbc we love ripping off abc so he decided to make his own band and they audition they say they audition like 900 people and they whittle it down to uh five but there is a couple of running gags throughout the skit that are really great like conan keeps changing everyone's names constantly so everyone gets three or four new names like he'll just be talking to them and he'll say you know what's your name it's like ben it's like all right your new name is uh papa o or something you know like all right so and then um and then if he doesn't like what he's doing he'll revert them back to a different name or something uh the other the other uh thing is he decided to Reward them uh, when they're doing good and they're training to be a boy band by giving them a single Ritz cracker. Uh, so he'll give them like a Ritz cracker. And at one point, one of them takes it and then eats it right before they start singing. And Conan just goes off and is yelling at him. But uh, the song that they write, so he has them brainstorm things that should go <laughs> in popular pop songs. He's like, What are some words in pop songs? And one of them says, baby, and he writes that. And there's a really long pause. Um, And the other (laughs) is, um, uh, what was it? I wish you. Yeah, I wish was the phrase. It was was
2: just baby and then just I wish. And then they were stonewalled.
0: Yeah, so the only words they put up there were baby and I wish. And so Conan's like, all right, what if our song is baby, I wish you were my baby? And they're like, yeah, so that's the that's the song they end up writing is baby. I wish you were my baby. Yeah. And uh, the rest of the song has more. And, and, you know, it's just him choreographing them, putting them in ridiculous poses. At one point, one of them is singing about uh, power. And he's like, I think in this part of the song, you should (laughs) pretend to be electrocuted and everyone else needs to pretend to be really worried for you. Um, And then the segment wraps up by them coming back to the late night set and he brings the band out and they do a full performance of the song that they did. And it just so beautifully wraps up all of the jokes that they had. Throughout the beginning of the segment, um, because they work in they work in basically everything they joked about into the performance, including at the end of the performance, Conan walks over to them just holding a big box of Ritz crackers uh, to <laughs> reward them for a, for a good show. So yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, dudes aplenty.
2: It's a solid pick. Um, I also had this on my list. I, uh, I, yeah, I just love the concept of, of Conan being this Svengali, like specifically, I guess, in the sense of Lou perlman type figure. Um, I love that the, the five guys are just a time capsule of early 2000s fashion the baggy cargo pants, the baggiest jeans I've ever seen that are below Jenkos, uh, the curtain hair, spiked and frosted tips. Um, it just feels like watching that. I just feel like I'm back in, like, junior high or something. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. so uh, confession me, I haven't seen this one. I have not seen Dudes of Plenty. Um, So there's one for Jordan. Yeah, one for Jordan and one for me. Uh, Now we just got to stump Paul, pull one out that he hasn't seen. So sounds hilarious. I've never even heard of it. I have Conan, uh, you know, algorithms in my youtube because i see the videos pop up often enough so i'm surprised this one has not popped up um so i'm gonna i'm gonna give this one a watch tonight
0: so yeah there's there's this one and then he did a like return segment i don't know how much longer it was but he came back and did a, a sequel to this skit where he went and had them new costumes made to perform in so there's the original. Conan forms dudes of plenty and then Conan like gives dudes of plenty makeover or something is the name of the, the second remote, but uh, yeah, a couple of good ones.
2: I think my favorite joke from that whole thing that, that he didn't mention was he's obviously modeling all their, you know, their on stage persona and their music and, and their dress and whatnot on you know like sync and the Backstreet Boys and he he shows them a magazine a, a photo shoot with the Backstreet Boys and show them look how cool look how cool they think they are they're so cool that AJ or whoever it was like he has a vanity cane he doesn't need that cane and he's just walking around with it because he thinks he's just that cool so like you want to I can't remember which one it was. He gives right. the, the dudes yeah. a point.
0: They're very you are going to have
2: a vanity respirator. <laughs> which, <laughs> you know, uh, in 2021, that joke, uh, as they say online, it's a little different now. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it, as you mentioned, bringing all the jokes together at the end, when they they bring them out on stage, uh, a a woman dressed in like a 1950s nurse get up, wheels him out in a wheelchair, with his vanity respirator,
1: you know what I have seen that like clip probably in like a montage. I think because I remember seeing that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then uh, it's it, it, one one other thing that I it was uh, I, again just it's a little different. Was one thing I, I loved about um, researching all these old clips and, and you know preparing for this episode was. You know, usually the clips will end with like, "We'll be back with, you know, so and so when we come back," and uh, <laughs> this, this, when they're done, yep, Conan says, uh, "Matt Lauer's going to be here in a minute." Like, <laughs> oh yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one, I, I, I watched this a couple days ago, and was like, "Oh, Matt Lauer, <laughs> not no longer an exciting addition to your, <laughs> your <Yeah>. show lineup." <laughs> All right. Well, Cameron, where are you going here for your second pick? Okay. Um,
1: uh, I think I'm going to go with a more modern pick here. Uh, I want to get into Conan, the TBS talk show. Uh, so I'm going to do a remote here that he did with a couple of guest stars and the, uh, the different personalities proved to be a very fun mix um he actually did two episodes but i'm gonna take the first one i'm going conan takes a lift with ice cube and kevin hart so uh if you've seen this one again playing up the comedy of different personalities similar to the mr t we have straight laced tall white red-headed conan o'brien with ice cube and kevin hart taking a lift they they grab a lift they get the cameras into the lift car and they go all over um you yeah, know whatever la wherever they are um and it's just hilarious i think at one point they stop at a, a gas station to get snacks and they get beers in uh in uh in um in a in a convenience store and they get them in the paper bag and then they're driving and then you know somebody's like oh my god there's some there's some cops on there. then they're drinking you they're, know they're opening the car and they're like oh, there's some cops over there on the sidewalk and conan looks over and ice cubes are like yo conan you're not supposed to look when somebody says there's a cop over there because like oh i, did, I didn't know I don't, I don't know what to do um and then there's some there's some other good times they run through a wendy's and you know they're like oh i'll take a double burger i'll take a I'll take some, 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 some nuggets or something. And, and Conan goes, I'll take the, the, the spicy chicken Asiago sandwich. <laughs> and they're like, we're not doing that Conan. uh And so it's just a good time. The, the Lyft driver himself actually is pretty comedic. Uh, he's got some good responses and some good um, some good comedy chops on him himself. So a newer pick. Um, but I think with blending the personalities with ice cube and, um, who, who's, who's a foil to Kevin Hart as well. He's got a different personality than Kevin Hart. You know, Kevin Hart's in your face. Ice Cube's a, a much more uh, reserved. So um, really, really good uh, remote. Um, they did a second one. It was so popular. They did a lift, same three guys uh, a few months later. So it's a, it's a good watch.
0: Yeah, yeah th- this one is great. And it's uh, one of the few times that a very obvious like brand deal – is just still so funny that you don't care that it's just a big advertisement for Lyft. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right. that. I don't, um, so yeah, there's this one. And then there's the one where they teach his one of his staffers how to drive before she yeah. takes her driving test. And um, it's hard to tell which of the two I like better. They're kind of in the same category, but there's some classic... Like Conan trying to get the lingo down before he goes into the gas station. Oh, yeah. Or Kevin Hart's like, got to buy a a 40. And he's like, a "A 40? A 40? (laughs) I'll get
1: y'all 40s, but I'm going to get me a 40. (laughs)
0: And then he he comes back and they're like, where is the paper bags? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he didn't get the paper bag. (laughs) And I don't know if it's this one or the other one, but uh, uh, Kevin Hart starts try to do some freestyle rap at some it's point this one. it's this, this one, one yeah but ice cubes like all right uh you don't rap and i won't tell jokes <laughs> all right <laughs> deal? Uh, well
2: i guess i got two in my list oh, to watch. I, I'm, man. I'm, aware, I'm aware i'm aware of all of these but they but the uh i have not seen the apple picking or, or lift ones
1: wow and and have you watched conan are you a fan you you you, you... <laughs> You aware of, it? I mean, I'm
2: not, I'm not a Star Wars uh, level fan, yeah, but, okay. yeah. No, I mean, when I was doing research for this, it's just, it's just insane how many of these I are. Well, tw-
0: 28 years, right? I mean, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, just based on YouTube views, which is not totally accurate because he re uploads stuff occasionally, you right. know, from, from past shows, but uh, this is probably one of the more popular segments of the tbs era um this was i think shortly after he moved to tbs and unfortunately his audience has kind of dwindled being on tbs i think just not you know he's never had a great lead in on tbs um sometimes it's like reruns airing before him and was one of the first late night guys i think to really gear his show towards just re-airing clips on YouTube afterwards. And then um, Fallon kind of just copied Conan's homework and did it with way more resources, you know, after, uh, after Conan made the move, but um, uh, yeah, this one is, is up there. Um, yeah. I like this, uh, but I think maybe between the two segments, my favorite is uh, <laughs> in the second one, actually, where they're trying to do the driving test. And Kevin Hart says, like, if someone cuts you off, you got to throw a penny at them out the window. And he's trying to get this the girl from Conan Staff to throw pennies at drivers that kind of cut them off. And at one point she does finally roll her window down and, and like chunk a penny out. And then they pull up and park right next to the person she just threw a penny at, at the stop sign. And Kevin Hart's like, you can't talk. You can't look at him. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. so yeah there you go i'd add that one to your list too jordan because it's uh it's a good one yeah. all right well now we're going to get to one we know you have seen because you are going to be <laughs> making the selection i mean unless you're going to go out on a limb and take one that uh you have not personally watched like guess we'll call
2: back to the uh, best pitchers nominee or winners episode
0: yeah, yeah, there you go. Yes,
2: Man, yes I like which
1: it. I which I, I, I still am like I'm pretty sure I know you both took ones you didn't
0: see, but I'm pretty sure like Michael's third pick was like <laughs> one he didn't see. I'm gonna go back and check. Uh, that's all right. If we both do something and Michael gets the most heat for it, that's fine with me. <laughs>
2: So I initially, I initially had a strategy to have a, a variety of different bits, like a, a bit with Conan in the U.S., Conan overseas, a bit with Andy, a bit with Triumph, Conan with a weird subculture. But, you know, I was just looking over my list today, I thought, you know, forget that. I'm just going to go with the bits, the bits that just make me laugh the most. So so I'm going with a bit that is, um, uh, in a sense, similar to the old Tommy baseball in that um, he has a, a foil very similar to um, the shy woman in the old timey baseball league. Um, I think this is the first um, segment with um, this guy. So I think this started during the writer's strike um, and, you know, they obviously limited, you know, pretty drastically what they could do. Um, Conan started doing segments with, I can't remember if it's a, one of his assistants or his producers or something, whose name, um, is Jordan Schlansky. Um, and I believe this is the first bit that they did. It was, they go to Jordan's favorite Italian restaurant in, I think it was the, uh, somewhere on the upper East side. Um, so like I said, uh, Jordan is, um, a foil, very similar to the shy woman. She, uh, he is, um, He's just a really weird guy. He's stoic. He may not understand the concept of humor. Uh, all the segments I've seen with him, I, I have not seen him laugh or really show any kind of emotion other than maybe just a, a mild, very mild irritation with Conan's just, uh, um, just making fun of everything Jordan is into. Um, so they go to this Italian restaurant that, that Jordan loves and he's just just dispensing these uh, comically um, upper crust society like snobby wines they get they sit down in the restaurant and he says, "You know I choose to be surrounded by beauty in all forms as often as possible a good looking person a well-dressed person a good looking surrounding which I can't believe it's just hard for me to believe that someone could say that and not have at least a little awareness that they're really ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, you know, the whole bit is just Jordan has all these really high minded opinions and, and Conan is just making fun of them and just being obnoxious the whole time to provoke him. And, and, and Jordan just will not budge ever. They, they'll they bring like a bottle of wine and Conan was just like tossing it from hand to hand. He taps it with a knife, tries to balance the balance the bottle upside down. He cradles it like a baby. <laughs> um, the, um, it's just more of that stuff. Conan tells him, you know, someone once told me a, a good olive oil should taste like the Tuscan sun. Is that true? Jordan says, well, if it's Tuscan olive oil. <laughs> Um, they're they're in the kitchen he they're, they're showing him cook like some some tomato sauce and he's getting excited like look at this look at the texture look at all this and Conan's just again making fun of it just you know, you know like he's getting excited about a tomato how many tomatoes have you seen they all look the same that's not true um I, again it's just it's just the clash between this um really you know ostensibly kind of trashy guy doesn't know about the finer things. And this producer, this humorless producer who cannot roll. Re- they can't relate to each other at all. It's just the clash is just really funny to me.
1: Yeah. Um, I think um, the, the greatest thing for the world that came out of that rider strike was Jordan Schlansky remotes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they are consistently hilarious uh, he's had them on all his shows. He's been an associate producer through all his shows since late night. Um, and thank God, because those remotes are <laughs> hilarious. Um, that was the second episode with Jordan Chlansky because the first one was just the, I'm going to go interview a staff member during the writer strike. And then mm-hmm. people loved it. Yeah, you're and right. They were, like, they were like, do something more. Is this guy real? And so obviously the first like four or five remotes, he's like, this is, the, this is a real human. This is not a bit. And which makes it, Way more funny, right? This is a real guy, and he's deadpan. He doesn't show emotion. He is so intense about the things he thinks, but he does not extrovertly show that intensity, right? He is so reserved, yeah. but he is so dedicated to his thoughts and what he believes in, but he's not like somebody on a soapbox. And so, like, you know he'll he'll just talk about what he likes, very monotone and everything, and the weird stuff. Um, I don't want to get into um, uh, uh, his other remotes because they're still on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told myself I would not leave today without drafting a Jordan Shelansky remote. But there's <laughs> so many good ones, and I was like, I'll just hold it to the fifth round, and then I'll grab I'll grab one because there, there's a lot. And there are, I have seen him break character. It's not so much that he's breaking character, which I think sometimes people think when he does laugh, Jordan, it's more that like, he, he is human. He he will laugh at sometimes and he'll get, he'll get a funny, you know, bug in him and he, he'll have to smile about it. Uh, but they kind of want him to play more to his natural character, but he's naturally like that. Most of the time, he's just not, he doesn't find things right. funny and everything so I'll I'll, I'll I'll let you know those those ones at the end but great great remote i watched this one during research because i hadn't watched it in a while because it's an older jordan episode and uh you hit all the the, the fine points i love when he's talking about the 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 texture like he said of the tomatoes look at this guy he's just he's magical with these tomatoes and conan's like talking to the chef like you're not you know you don't think that about these tomatoes you just have them in a pan (laughs) Uh, and then uh my my favorite line it's a little bit dated now but um is when he's he's tasting the wine and jordan's like you know, what do you smell? You know, do you do you, do you smell the earth? Do you smell the, the ground? Do you smell moisture? Do you smell a fruit? Do you smell and Connor's like, oh, I smell a fruit, all right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he yeah. just stares at Jordan. Um, <laughs> uh, so a little dated, but but funny in, in its context. So um great remote, great segment, great uh ca- like co-host of all these segments. So I can't wait to hope to talk about some more Jordan later.
0: Uh, yeah, and this is this is one I don't think I've watched in full. I've seen clips and like Jordan highlights. Um, is this the one where he talks about murdering Jordan, like at the end of the meal? Is this or is that one of the? I'm
1: gonna be honest, Paul. That's in a lot of the segments. So yeah,
0: <laughs> not, I think I think sure. this is the one where they're at the end of the meal and Cody. You know, they have like empty bottles of wine at this point, and Jordan's talking about something else, and Conan's just muttering. Like I am not going to kill you personally. Yes, but I am exactly. going to hire someone. They will have no connection <laughs> to me, but they will murder you. Um yeah, it's great. And uh uh just a couple right, you're right, Cameron. I don't want to get into the other uh Jordan Schlansky stuff, but a couple of uh, non-remotes featuring Jordan to to give a shout out to. Um, I saw one clip from like literally the second year, uh, I think, of of Conan starting out where he did a tour of the late night offices, which were just horrible offices when, his, you know, they didn't give him any resources when the show started. They've got like shelving running around the top of every wall that's just filled with like VHS tapes of the show and stuff. Uh, just super cl- cramped and claustrophobic. But at one point in the skit, he stops to talk to someone and it's Aaron who was is the Clueless Gamer guy now, um, just kind of randomly talks to him. And at one point you see in the background, Jordan Schlansky in an office. Um, and he doesn't speak in that bit, but I think it's probably the first time Jordan was on okay. camera. And it's Enough. literally going back to the very like beginning of the show. So he's been there the whole time and i liked that because i always wondered if that was his real office or if that was a thing they left set up to do jordan slansky skits in and it <clears> appears <throat> to be his real office um and the other thing is there's an outtake of them practicing a segment and it was when so jordan's a big star wars fan and they did a sketch it wasn't a remote they had him come out on the show dressed as spock for one of the big star trek anniversaries right like 25 years or whatever it was um just to poke fun at him for not liking star trek as much as star wars and they had him start talking about star wars and why he liked star wars so much while dressed as spock and conan was supposed to cut him off but conan didn't know that conan thought the bit was he was just gonna let jordan talk for a long time um, and so Jordan improvises literally a six minute speech about Star Wars, where he's talking about how he's like, you know, why do you like Star Wars better than Star Trek? And he's talking about like, the universality of like the mythos of Star Wars and how it deals with these fantasy elements. And then he realizes Conan's not cutting him off. So he just keeps going. And eventually he's like, <laughs> He's like, of course, there's the impressionists and you have my favorite Van Gogh and Van Gogh does this in his art. And if you relate his artwork to Star Wars, you can see that it parallels Star Wars in all of these. And it's just six unbroken minutes of Jordan, like jumping from topic to topic and relating it to Star Wars. It's very reminiscent of the improvised uh, Patton Oswald speech. Was on, that's it. what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it was this before after that. It's it's way, but it's before that. And it's, but it's very similar. And then it gets to the end of the, the thing on the outtake. And Conan's like, you're fired. And Jordan's, you know, which was supposed to be his joke. He was supposed to interrupt him after maybe 30 seconds and say that. And Jordan was like, "Oh, well, I thought you were gonna stop me." And Conan was like, "Oh, was I? Did I miss a cue? I was like, literally supposed to stop him." And his—you can hear the producers in the background laughing. I mean, like, yeah, you—you you were not supposed to do any of that. I'll have to check that out. I hadn't—I hadn't seen
1: that—that—that yeah, uh, yeah. that re- that rehearsal footage. So that sounds uh, hilarious.
0: Yeah, it is. It is some quality stuff. Very, very impressive from Jordan we're not
2: just making picks on this episode we're, we're we're picking up segments to go watch later
1: very true time. it would you yeah, paying it
0: three.
1: paying it forward
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> what the pod's all about
2: yeah
1: all right jordan number three for you
2: all right number three so um so i i picked you know kind of a, a weird subculture a weird guy now i i just wanted one where he it's just going to a particular place in the U.S. In the US. So, um, so in the early days of the show, um, apparently late night, I think this is still, still like 97, 98. So a good four or five years into the show still, um, late night with Conan didn't air until 2.40 a.m. in Houston. Um, they, had, they would play Leno and do reruns of daytime talk shows. Uh, rerun the local news then finally at 2:40 in the morning they would play conan um he called it it's not must see tv it's more like don't bother tv um so he goes to houston and just decides to check out is there anyone even watching me at 2:40 in the morning so he rents a car drives around houston from like 11 30 on. He just meets the, just the weirdest people, which is one thing I think that makes it work so well. It's just these really strange people because, um, you know, it's late at night. And, you know, generally most normal people are in bed at 2.40 in the morning. He goes to like a bail bondsman and say like, you guys watch TV in here? Yeah. Yeah. You ever watch me? Uh, not really. They go to a hotel, he's just walking around the basement at 1230 in the morning, see if anyone's has watched it. I, I think there's another thing I love about this bit is I think one of his favorite bits is to go around and talk to people um, where he people just don't know who he is. And he just kind of plays off on that. And, and in more than one segment, he introduces himself as Ted Koppel. Um I think he just loves to make fun of the fact that he wasn't this household name. Um, Just uh, he he meets this guy in the hotel, says like, "Oh, we have a Houston Astro and a a Houston Oiler on every night." And finally at two forty, when the show is on, he goes to the ER waiting room and just watches for a few minutes with this woman who's in there. He he wakes up the guy at in a dorm at Rice University. Says he loves him like. If you love me, why are you where are you asleep? Why aren't you watching my show at three in the morning? Um, and the one guy, the one guy he meets that is awake and who knows who he is, he goes to a bus terminal, he's talking to people, to see if they heard of him. Some guy walks up to him and goes, Hey, I know you got that show late night. Where's your crappy buddy? Talking about Andy's. <laughs> oh, no, 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 he, he's good now. It's it's good crap now. He's it again, like just make self deprecating humor, making fun of how um, he, it took a while for him to be good hosting late night. And as soon as this guy, the guy's named Buffalo, as soon as Buffalo walks away, Conan says, I was almost just murdered. Um, he fin- falls asleep watching at the Astrodome. Yeah.
1: Uh, so I've seen this one once, I believe, right? I'm, I, it's hard to kind of sometimes get into uh, an old, old Conan remote um, but i did watch this one and yeah right i i didn't i, I didn't remember that it was because in houston he wasn't on uh, he was on really late i forgot that but i do remember that his ratings were so low just in general um that uh, he had a lot of self-deprecating humor on the first few years of all his remotes about <laughs> yeah i know it's that i'm from that bad show <laughs> i'm from that <laughs> poorly rated show so uh, i'm gonna have to give this one another watch though because i don't remember too much about it other than it kind of reminded me of uh, Insomniac with David Attell was kind of because it was so late in the middle of the night. So it kind of reminded me of that, which is a great, a great show too. Um, So I'm going to have to get another watch because I don't remember too much about it, but um, uh, uh, being a a native Houstonian, uh, I could probably connect to it.
0: Yeah. This one was near the top, kind of up close to my top five as well. Um, Definitely a great one. Um, It, uh, a great opportunity for him to play off people who kind of just don't care right like he goes to the er and there's a woman in the er and his show is actually on the tv and he's like ah oh, look like doesn't that look familiar and she goes yeah i know him but i don't remember his name and conan's like no that's me that's literally me on the television she goes oh well your hair looks different in person <laughs> um and uh yeah, good one. And it, it ended up um, spawning kind of his, his time in Houston for that. Uh, he did a couple of different things in Houston and ended up leading to like three or four Houston based remotes in that time period that are all uh, really great, like one involving a chainsawing uh, guy on a TV ad for mattresses or something. But um, yeah, several great skits out of uh, that one. But yeah. Uh, uh, a really good blend. And then they come back to the studio and Andy's really offended by that guy. He's like, I mean, little fat guy. I'm not, I'm six two. I'm not little. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, we're going to Houston for a Buffalo
2: hunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Shout out to
1: Andy Richter, who I think is probably the one of the quickest wittest, you know, wittiest guys there is. Um, he's got a line in a zinger back. Uh, with any joke that, that somebody sets them up with. Um, super quick. I haven't really experienced his comedy in any other thing. I haven't watched any of his other shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but on Conan, uh, he just seems so smart uh, comedically that I, I, I just wanted to mention him.
0: Oh, yeah. He, he's really yeah. well suited, I think, for the sidekick kind of role where yeah, uh, I don't think they even write a lot of his stuff. They just have like, you know, just sit here and just react to whatever's happening and you know he'll come up with something that works
2: yeah
0: all right well Cameron you get your third pick here yeah it's getting tough right I mean it it,
1: it's it's very very likely that we may start picking um or that we're going to be picking uh remotes that we've all heard of but maybe wouldn't pick ourselves right I think like the first five or so was kind of universal. And then there's just like a tier there where it's like, there's 20 remotes, you know, that you could probably sample online and statistically, you know, it'd be at least a dozen or two that people kind of wait the same. So I'm going to go with one. That's uh, a personal favorite. I'm not sure if y'all have seen this one. I think it's NBC. I think it's late night um, with Conan O'Brien, uh, a remote it's in New York city. He goes bird watching in central park. Uh, have you all seen that one G- great remote comedy? Because of course he's interacting with these bird watchers, which themselves are very stoic, quiet, el- older people. Um, and just a lot of bird jokes, you know, every time somebody says they saw that Conan's like, Oh, well, we saw two pigeons in a cab heading North, uh, you know, kind of <laughs> New Yorkie kind of jokes uh, and, and, and stuff like that. Um, at, at one point um, he gets up into a tree with a fake bird and he's like, okay, everybody look up at me and we can see if we can fool some other bird watchers. And so they all start looking up like there's a bird in there and he holds up the bird and he just starts doing this. And then he goes, he starts doing bird calls that are sentences. I'm a bird. I'm a bird. And things like that. Um, it, it's it's pretty funny. Um, it's kind of like a a non- I guess, sexy remote, but the content, if I remember, and and I watched it once last week to just give a refresher. The content is really good as far as all his kind of like quips back to all the, the, the bird watchers. So um, if you haven't seen it, um, give it a watch. If you like bird watching, give it a lot, uh, a watch. And if you, if you're kind of more of a fan of the late night with Conan O'Brien it feels authentically like one of those remotes.
0: yeah this is uh, I think a great example of how Conan can uh sort of make jokes in that scenario, but at no point is he ever kind of cruel or mean to the people doing the bird watching right like you could easily see someone doing that remote segment and just bashing bird watching as like a hobby mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of being mean spirited about it but he clearly is going along in a way that uh, the people, the the women who are there doing the bird watching um, uh, are in on it and, you know, uh, uh, are appreciate the humor that he's doing as, as much as he does. And uh, I think that's a special talent that Conan especially has cultivated kind of over the years.
2: This is another one I have not seen, but I am aware of.
1: Okay, so three three on Jordan's list. He's going to have a busy, busy weekend. <laughs> busy YouTube I'm,
2: I'm weekend. Feeling, I'm, feeling, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of feeling like a little imposter syndrome right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, that's all right. There's several of these I had not seen until I just started watching clips to uh, research for this episode. Hmm. So I don't know if I would have been aware of this one had I not been watching so many Conan videos lately.
1: Yeah, Con- Conan's one of the few hosts where if he does a remote, that's like his bread and butter. Uh, that's really what you want to see him doing. Which I hopefully his new show has a lot more of that. He already started doing that with his expansion of Conan. What is it? G- G- uh, Conan across borders or something like that. Broad, Go the
2: thing. Yeah, something like
1: that. Something so. Like that. Um, you know, he already knows that's where he excels, um, kind of mm-hmm. prop comedy, kind of old school interacting kind of comedy. Uh, you know, the other guys, um, you know, K- Kimmel, Kimmel sends Guillermo because, he, you know, that's that's the comedic kind of thing. Kimmel's not he laughs a bit too much or he seems a little too lackadaisical. Jimmy is just way too overacting everything you say to Jimmy is funny. You could tell him your dog just died and he would laugh for a few seconds first because he thinks he's supposed to, and then he would go, whoops. Um, and uh, yeah, who else is out there? Uh, oh,
0: Colbert? I'm, Colbert. I'm actually yeah.
1: very disappointed in Colbert. I didn't like the way I haven't really liked the way he, he took the uh, the CBS show. I really would have preferred if he mm-hmm. just continued to do the Colbert report for 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. So I think Conan, from a remote standpoint, um, this is really what he does well. And so you can take a bland topic like bird watching. It doesn't matter. When you see a video that says Conan goes something, you're like, I want to watch that because he's doing something uh, out there in the public interacting, which, you know, if I saw, you know, Jimmy Fallon goes bird watching, I, I wouldn't want to watch that. Yeah, so yeah totally. little yeah. little mid 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 draft, um, complaining <laughs> analysis. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, I think you're I think you're spot on. That. Yeah. All right, Paul, number
1: three.
0: Ah, oh, man, yeah, I've got several options um, that I want to go with, and I'm I'm kind of debating between, uh, you know, trying to work in some of the people that Conan works the best off of, right? There's several people he does a lot of remotes with, um, and it would be nice to get some of them in. But uh, I guess I've just, you know, I keep going back to stuff that was on late night, a little bit older, um, even though there's a few stuff from the more recent Conan run that I have uh, uh, here on the list. I think what I'm going to go with is um, something that puts him in that old timey element Um, A little bit more. And I think this is another late night one. Uh, But I'm going to go with Conan becomes a Civil War reenactor for this one. Uh, Similar vibes to the old-timey baseball one. I think doesn't hit the highs quite as well as old-timey baseball. But Conan does get to wear uh, a Union uniform. Um, And he's got a couple great segments, right? One where he just wants to get in character. And so he gets with this other reenactor and um, tries to get him to ask him questions. And he's like, you he has to talk the guy into it. He's like, well, I just want to feel out my character. Like, ask me some questions. And so finally, the guy says, all right, well, who are you? And where are you from? And he goes, none of your business, you nosy, you know, idiot or whatever it is. <laughs> um, and uh, an, similar to old time baseball, the guy is talking about how authentic, you know, everything is. And then he takes out like some hand lotion or something uh, to use, or he has the, the, the the civil war person he's interviewing has something modern on him that Conan kind of mocks him for. But I think the best part is they get in formation and uh, they're going to do some drills and he's like, all right, sir, what do we do first? And in this like, you know, 30 seconds of drills that they're doing, the guy has them stop and drink from their water bottles. Like, three times and Conan's like why are we drinking from our water bottles so much and he's like well you got to stay hydrated to win a war and so Conan just (laughs) for the rest of the segment just is endlessly mocking how hydrated everyone is Um, and the guy like you could tell the guy's like yeah I screwed up by giving him an opening that now he's just gonna continuously mock me for and then at the very end of the segment Conan just pulls out like an ar-15 prop that he has and it's like (laughs) all right i think i've figured out how we can win this thing and just runs at the uh uh (laughs) runs at the confederates with his (laughs) machine gun uh but another another good one that lets conan oh he he has a big fake handlebar mustache that starts falling off at some point (laughs) um which is great because the guy the like corporal guy or whatever that he's been kind of mocking the whole time gets a chance to start mocking conan and is clearly game with it and you know starts giving conan as much as conan was giving him earlier by making fun of his falling off mustache so uh, another another great uh, classic conan bit
1: jordan have you seen this one
2: this is the only one I, I have never, I don't think I've even heard of this one.
1: Yes, I've seen this one, mostly as a Civil War buff. <laughs> uh, I really piqued my, my interest. Um, you know, this is one, Paul, that I've seen that I was actually pretty disappointed with. I thought the part at the beginning with the other soldier at the campfire, I thought that was great. I love the way they played that. Um, I love, um, his kind of backstory when he's going off of that guy, but the drills and everything, did you get the sense that the guys there were not hot about Conan being there?
0: I, I don't think they were,
1: <laughs> they didn't seem, they weren't laughing at his jokes. <laughs> they were kind of mad when he kept making cracks. Um, and, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I just think, I don't know if he had enough content to work off of. Uh, but I, I saw a lot of his jokes during the drilling part was just kind of like, "Hey, we're still, you're still permission to go over there, you know, permission to do something." Um, so it was a little mediocre the back half of the the bit, I think. So when you would think old timey, right, Civil War, nineteenth century, uh, yeah, nineteenth century, like some, you know, that's cold Conan's bread and butter. But um, it wasn't as great as I really thought it would have been if you said Conan goes Civil War reenacting. So. Let's let Jordan watch it and
0: uh he could weigh in. Could weigh back in. To you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that gets us through the third round then. Why don't we go ahead and do our quick recap? Uh, and then we can just keep on rolling. So, Jordan, why don't you kick it off here as the as the first pick?
2: All right. Uh I have got the old timing baseball segment as my number one. Um just, again, old-timey Conan, that's the bread and butter. He's he's a natural for it. I also picked uh, Jordan's Schlansky segment specifically, one where they go to Jordan's favorite restaurant on the Upper East Side, and you just, again, see the foil of Jordan, just, just being Jordan and, and Conan, just trying to tear him down the whole time. And then the third pick I have is Conan going to Houston the days when Houston late night did not air in Houston until 2.40 in the morning and just countering all the weird characters who were awake that time of night in Houston.
1: All right. And I have uh, Triumph the Insult Comic Dogs, uh, Attack of the Clone Premiere remote. I have Conan with Ice Cube and Kevin Hart lift ride, getting a lift. Uh, and then I have Conan birdwatching in Central Park.
0: And my picks here are Apple Picking with Mr. T. Conan creates the band Dudes A Plenty, and Conan becomes a Civil War reenactor. All right, and that puts me back up, uh, back at picking another one. Uh, and again, I've got several i'd like to do here several recurring bits uh i'm just gonna go i'm still gonna go with another late night one i think um here uh which i i've got one lined up for my fifth pick so um and i'm assuming it will not be taken ahead of time but uh Right. I feel like that puts a little more pressure on making this pick. Cause I, if I kind of know what I'm going with, but uh, I'm going to go with another one. This is a Conan and Andy one from late night, which is Conan and Andy uh, get an ice cream truck. Um, so this is one, uh, you know, they kind of jokingly lead off the skip by saying it's been their dream to both go uh, run an ice cream truck. And this has a, a couple of different things that I think are uh you know, Conan remote classic. So the first is Conan getting trained to do something. Um, So the very first part, it's somebody teaching him how the truck operates, how to turn on the music and all that. Um, And he and Andy are kind of messing with the guy, right? Like he's like, well, here's how you turn the sound on. He's like, Andy, go outside the truck and make sure we can hear it. And so Andy's just outside the truck going, yeah, we can hear it, turn it up. Um, And then they actually just get to take the ice cream truck out, And there's different times, of course, they just stop and eat a bunch of the ice cream themselves. Uh, But it really picks up steam at the end of the skit where they see another ice cream truck. And Conan's like, "Ah, I bet they know where the good spots are. Let's just follow them. So they just tail this other ice cream truck, like through whatever New York suburb they're in. And they get to a spot and a whole like neighborhood full of kids come out. Um, and, uh, go to the first truck that pulls up and Conan comes out and goes, no, that's a, that's a bad man. Don't get ice cream from him. We'll give you ice cream for free in our truck. And then the end of the segment is Conan getting to interact with kids. And Conan's had several funny moments with kids in remotes. He also did a full episode of late night where he had his entire audience be children. Right. So he, he does good bouncing off of kids. Um, but, uh, at one point, Andy says, you know, what would be easier? Why don't you kids just go in the truck and just take what you want instead of us, you know, trying to, uh, remember all your orders. And according to them, like totally legit, they didn't have to like coach the kids. They just stepped back and there's kids leaving the truck with like just a full box of ice cream. Um, and then a couple of kids, uh, you know, like the little freezers on the truck, they rip the doors off the top of the freezers and they're just, these kids are just running down the street with parts of the ice cream truck and Conan and Andy are having to like chase them down and get the parts back because of course they've rented this truck and these kids are just like running off with the freezer doors. Uh, But it's, um, it's, it's got some, some big moments like that and real good classic uh, Conan and Andy chemistry in that one. So uh conan and andy get an ice cream truck you, you I know i
1: I haven't seen this one um at all I, I don't even think i came across it in my research i think i may vaguely recall seeing it over time on a feed but i i haven't seen it
2: neither have i i don't i don't feel Whoa. so bad for not having seen it <laughs> But, but I think, not, not having seen it so I, I may be you know speaking about things i don't know but i think I think based on what you're talking about, I think that's another thing that that Conan is good at when he gets into this kind of competition that, I mean, it's a segment for the show, so the competition doesn't matter, but he just gets so into the competition is willing to do all these dirty (laughs) tricks, but, you know, like following the truck and, but then he gets so exhausted, he just gives up at the end, like, whatever, just take the ice cream. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. That's one thing about Conan I love is that kind of, I don't want to say template, a template for lack of a better word.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I get, I get what you mean. He, um he has some, you, you can always count on him, right. Some, to get into some familiar situations uh, for time to time, but yeah, you guys should check this one out. It's a good one. All right. Well, Cameron, that, that leaves it up to your fourth pick then.
1: Oh God. The pressure is on. This is my usual. This is when I usually take it two minutes to figure out what I want to do. Um, <laughs> you uh,
0: could uh, you could always grab your your schlansky, my schlansky, here, my schlansky now <laughs> and then uh, give yourself a couple of picks to to plan out the next
1: yeah one. that's a good call I'm gonna grab my schlansky um so let's see Jordan schlansky I think I'm gonna go with the God there's so many good ones out there. Um, um, I'm gonna go with the espresso espresso machine, uh, Jordan Slansky remote. Um, this this is I don't know who, who what what show this is from. I'm not sure which which uh, Conan show this is from. It's it's pre- pretty middle of the, the the sequence here for for Jordan Slansky. So the background is that um, through the grapevine, Conan is aware that through 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 various staff members that Jordan Schlansky has purchased an espresso machine with show funds. Um, a pretty ritzy one, um, has put it right by his office and has, um, has detailed exact instructions on how to use it. Um, and, 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 and pretty severe language saying, you know, uh, this isn't like regular coffee, pretty, pretty like, uh, what do you call it? Um, Demeaning language towards like regular just I mean coffee drinkers, like kind of putting Yeah. And uh and so Conan's like, we're gonna go confront him. And so he goes to his office, and you know, as he's going back, he's like, Wow, his office is like tucked away so far into the building, so people can't get to him to probably figure out what he's doing. And one of his good jokes is he goes, uh, the Fuhrer was more accessible in his bunker in 45 than Jordan (laughs) is right now. Um, and so they get there. And of course the best part of a Jordan Schlansky remote is surprising Jordan Schlansky, not letting him know you. So he just walks in and of course Jordan's like, yes, can I help you? And Jordan and Conan's of course like, Hey, tell me about this you know, espresso machine. And, you know, he's trying to like be like, so you bought this. And uh, do you think this is like appropriate for you to buy a machine just for you? And he's like, it's not just for me. I go, yeah, but it's, it's right here by your door to your office. That, you know who else is supposed to to know where this is and jordan's like they can use it if they want and then they show the uh the uh the instructions and they're very demeaning toward anybody who even wants to attempt to, to have an espresso and uh, he's like how much was this machine and he's like it's about 500 600 and he's like do you think it's all right for you to use the money and buy such an expensive machine and jordan's like it's not an expensive machine there's there's machines uh, you know, $5,000. Um, and Conan's like, well, why don't you buy that one? And he goes, and there was one time he broke character. He smiles. He goes, I don't want to spend your your money needlessly. Clearly indicating that, well, I have wasted your money to a degree. I just didn't waste it that much. Um, so it's a, it's a good remote. He takes away the machine from him and he leaves him a just old fashioned used drip coffee. And he's like, here's your new coffee machine you can use. Uh, it's made by some no-name brand. He's like, I think they make air conditioners now, <laughs> um, so I, I didn't watch it in my research. But it's it's a famous Jordan Schlansky at the old office. Um, there's a couple that are that, that kind of follow the same parameters. I won't talk about him in case Paul wants to draft him. But it is a classic Schlansky, um, the espresso where he has an espresso machine. There's another one where he goes to espresso tasting a little bit more newer. That one's pretty funny too, but um, classic Schlansky, deadpan, straight faced. um, And Conan, you know, always teeing it up with what do you do for me and the typical various, various production tasks assigned to me. So uh, it's a good, it's a good watch.
2: I haven't, I know this one, I haven't seen it, but I have seen, I think there's probably some similarities, the abroad. Episode where the two mm-hmm. of them go to Italy and they mm-hmm. go to the, the coffee bar espresso bar. So um, I'm assuming they're they're about it. That is mm-hmm. good. Uh, the espresso one that I've seen is pretty good.
0: Yeah, uh, classic Schlansky setup, right? Like uh, okay. he always has various things in his office that are <clears throat> sort of. Uh, I don't know, like the espresso machine, or he has like the pepper grinder, right? Or he's yeah, he's just got like sort of expensive he, culinary things. He, he's got multiple
1: pitchers of water <laughs> to house different mm-hmm. waters for different um tasks. Like, there's a pitcher to drink from, there's a pitcher for the coffee machine, right? There's a pitcher for like mixing stuff with. He's like, they have different yeah. pH balances.
0: <laughs> yeah, the picture that he drinks like a gallon of water at work every day, and then goes yeah. home and drinks a second gallon um, or something. Yeah, but uh, a great, yeah, great, great Schlansky bit. I like the the ones where Conan ambushes his staff members. So there's several right that he will ambush. Um, uh, you know, his assistant Sona. He does that several times too, or uh the what's bill uh the prop guy uh bill i don't remember his last name um but uh yeah he'll go back and sort of have cameras set up and interrogate people uh that are some always some great bits all right well cameron has his schlansky jordan already has a schlansky as well so uh where are you going to go with this one jordan
2: this great i i can have uh, my last two picks here in a row that's right um so i've got i am actually looking at the draft board and and my remaining picks and i think i can get a little variety in here so i've got the conan exploring the weird subculture i've got a schlansky bit i've got conan traveling around the us um this one i think this is I, i'm looking at my picks and i think all of them are late night bits um, I think this is one that he replayed when he was preparing to go replayed when he was preparing to go to the Tonight Show because he loved it so much. I'm um, going to take one where he was going to interview a specific person. They asked him to come onto the show, um, but this guest was a, uh, a bit of a recluse, to put it mildly. He agreed to be interviewed for the show on the condition that come, come visit him. Uh, I'm going to go with Conan visiting H- Hunter S. Thompson. Um, Hunter S. Thompson. Um, he is a uh, a uh, I believe the founder of what's called gonzo journalism. He was a big writer in the '60s and '70s. Just a really crazy guy. Um, the uh, probably the piece he's best known for is the uh, Kentucky the Kentucky Derby piece, which is a really fascinating read um and he's just a really really crazy guy he i've watched a documentary about him his kids said they just kind of had to get used to having a dad that regularly went to bed at six in the morning and woke up at two in the afternoon um so the um the premise of the whole visit is they go to this farm in upstate new york there is a bar sitting uh, at the farm they order their drinks, and also sitting at the bar, along with bottles of bourbon and gin and whatnot, are just a huge um, gallery of guns. So they come out to this farm to just blow stuff up with guns. With was which was one of Hunter's favorite things. Apparently, was guns. They uh, um, they shoot various things. They shoot uh, copies of Hunter's newest books, with, which was ostensibly why they were going to interview him shoot a cutout of bill buckner this was i think the late 90s so you know hating bill buckner was still very much in vogue <laughs> for um people who grew up in the boston area they shoot an nbc logo again the classic uh, conan bit of just making fun of the network that that employed him shoot a big fao schwartz bear and they shoot um a magazine blow up of conan with a uh, I think it's an M60. It's the same gun that Walt uses in the Breaking Bad finale, which is just a truly enormous gun. Um, It's one of the few bits that I've seen where Conan is really the straight man. Hunter is just this insane man. And Conan is just trying to kind of hold it together and not be freaked out by just the constant gunfire and you
0: no, know, hunter Hunter, Pat, but- yeah, that was a great shot, great shot, best shot of the day. Uh, yeah, this is one I'm familiar with and have not, I have not seen it. I meant to actually watch it. All uh, right, it's doing... about time we got right. one on Paul. <laughs> uh, I meant to watch it during research just because, uh, you know, just being aware of Hunter S. Thompson, I'm sure uh, I can imagine how crazy the interview is but um you know good good on conan for uh kind of sticking to it right he knew it would make good tv if he could get uh get some sort of segment with thompson and so just seeking out uh, the way to make it happen i think um i think what i've read is that right, conan really like pursued this hard to like get hunter to agree to come on to the show and eventually was able to pull it off
2: yeah, I mean, that's another thing I like about, about Conan is he, when he genuinely likes you, like he wants to engage with you. He, you know, when he, a band would perform that his music he really liked, he he wouldn't hold back. He would be openly enthusiastic about it. And um, that's just, I love, what I love about him is you, you can see that there, there's a person behind this host persona who actually likes things, actually likes kinds of music or certain writers or whatever. hmm
1: yeah i uh i i haven't seen this i came across it in my late research um i'm dying to watch it i'm dying to watch it um just based on the background right this is probably the more unusual remote in the book of conan remotes, right when you're talking about he's kind of the, the 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 fish out of water but not comfortably out of water right he's not like yeah that seems weird to me i don't know about that so Um, so I'm, I'm really anxious to watch this remote. Um, I did read the backstory again that that you already kind of talked about. So, um, very interesting setup. Um, I don't know much about Hunter uh, S. Thompson besides what we've talked about and, um, and, uh, Wikipedia. I mean, how big of a person in the the culture is he?
2: I mean, counterculture is, he's a pretty big figure. Yeah. Um, Whenever you read, I mean, you could say even, I think you could say, like, No Reservations, and Anthony Bourdain was probably pretty influenced by that kind of style of, this is a travelogue, kind of, but he's inserting himself into the situation, which I don't think was really a thing before Hunter started doing that.
0: Oh,
1: that's interesting.
0: Uh, Yeah, people... um... You're mo- if you're not super familiar with him, you're most likely to be familiar with Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yes,
2: yes, uh, I which that.
0: was his his probably best selling book that was turned into the movie with um uh, John, Johnny Johnny Depp. Yeah, Del Toro. Uh, yes. I started to say Johnny Damon. I was like, that is a old <laughs> Yankees player. That is not uh, <laughs> not uh, the actor who played Hunter S. Thompson. But yeah, Johnny Depp. Uh, it was in the movie. That's probably the thing of his that hit the biggest, but um, especially among journalists and like you said, like counterculture circles, uh, a huge name. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, you, right. Like you said, you got to set up uh, rounding out your team here with the back-to-back picks. How are you going to finish things up?
2: Well, <sighs> So Cameron took the cream of the the crop for a triumph, triumph bits, but I I can't not take a triumph remote. So Um, I'm going to go with his visit to the 2002 Video Music Awards or VMAs on MTV. Um, It's just a, just round, you know, just hit after hit and being on the red carpet, just, you know, insulting various celebrities, uh, you know, like sees Pink walk, Pink, good luck against Hulk Hogan, because it's really weird, and it's all tatted up and all this stuff, and they talk to Darius Rucker, we're oh, alone now, so instead of hooting the blowfish, you just blow. And, and, and Darius actually laughs at it, it's pretty funny, um, and, and and then, uh, you know, I'm a, i uh, am I think Paul and I are, are pretty similar in this regard, we're both, I think, garage rock, revival-loving millennials, so he talks to Jack White, Jack White kisses Triumph, and Meets the hives, makes fun of them. Meets the Strokes. Is, oh, you're so cute. You're like the monkeys with a drinking problem, which it's kind of <laughs> a, almost a little not not funny, haha. But uh, apparently Albert Hammond Jr. had was an alcoholic for a while. Has, has since recovered from it, but the uh, joke mm-hmm. hits a, a little close to home. But it, so it's it's really just kind of red meat for someone my age and. and the music that I'm into, just seeing all these people that I just still love, but was just, you know, practically worshipped when I was in high school.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think is that there also a remote where Conan goes to Jack's, uh, to Jack White's studio, and they work on something. I think.
2: I'm yeah, I think that. so. Uh,
0: but yeah, Jack is uh, one of those, and a lot of those musicians are people who. Are uh, very game to play along. I bet a lot of them are Triumph fans, right? Unlike some other circles, you're. I feel like you're likely to find a lot of Triumph fans in that venue. So, people who are probably yeah. very down for uh, being roasted by whatever uh, whatever Triumph was gonna say. Um, but yeah, another another good environment, I think, for a lot of jokes. Al- almost anything with Triumph is just full of classic one-liners.
2: Yeah. And this, I, I forgot to say, this was uh, I, I think this is this was probably a bit, but it was set up as being genuine that he got into a physical altercation with Eminem, and then hold a press <laughs> conference later in a, in a uh, fake uh, neck brace.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I so I missed this when it when it when it came out, but I remember. Uh, watching it and that was kind of the thing was was it was, was that real or not uh was, you know, was that a yeah. joke um so i i think i know i've seen the vmas but i haven't seen it in a long time um i knew i was going to take a triumph um so i was going to do either the uh the star wars one or one of the political ones so i'll have to go back and give this one a rewatch. but like paul said i mean anything triumph is uh is classic um yeah. so
0: yes
1: okay here i go with my last pick um i think i stumbled upon an old gem that is quite funny um in my quickly quickly done research so um do you all remember the staffer the another staffer who who contributed known as pierre bernard uh-huh. I've, uh, I've got several yeah. bernards on my list so there was a particular bernard but i can't find it um so can I just talk about it? And if, if y'all know what it's called or how it's 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 titled on uh, the internet, just call it out. But yeah. I'm talking about um, there's a there's a specific one where I don't even think he starts off in the remote. But Conan's with his sensor, I think, mm-hmm. about what he can add, and they bring in Pierre who draws cartoons, right? And all his all his drawings of all. He's into like comics and superheroes, but all of them end up like all the women and everything have just like it reminds me of the it's always sunny from Philadelphia in Philadelphia joke that Dennis's pictures of women always have huge breasts. And that's how Bernard's pictures are of all these women with huge breasts, like 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 unhealthily oversized breasts um and they're always like that's not right that's not right and so he's like showing them i don't remember much about the bit but i remember he's showing them pictures of these cartoons of these superheroes that pierre has designed i I forget what they are you know whatever uh car wash girl or something like that and he's showing them and they're all these like very voluptuous women Um, and then he showed him a picture that he drew of aunt may from spider-man and it's like this old woman looks like Alice from uh, the Brady bunch, but again, an old woman and she has these huge breasts and Conan and the sensor just crack up laughing, right? It's one of those few times where there's a third party um, similar to like the Schlansky character, um, but Conan, and then the, the, the the, the audience represented uh, participant um, of the remote also start laughing. Right. And then you realize that the comedy genius and the, everyday man are both laughing at this other thing um, that is providing a lot of, I don't know, comedic uh, spin on on the situation. So um, I'm I'm citing that specific one. Does that one ring a bell to y'all?
0: Yeah. So you're actually combining two different remotes here is why you maybe didn't find it. So there is the one where Conan goes and visits his censor. I remember that. And I have <laughs> yeah. that one, but there's no Pierre on the end of Right, one, he so. He's not. The one where Pierre shows the drawing of superheroes is Conan takes Pierre to visit a DC Comics writer. Oh, um, that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. And I don't remember. It's a big time writer. And I don't remember who it is um, that does the DC Comics. But he takes Conan to the DC offices and is like, I want, you know, my graphic designer draws this stuff on his free time and i want to uh, he wants to pitch some of these changes to superhero costumes to you because uh that's like they've established that pierre is kind of like a, uh you know uh, conan sort of plays him up as like a creep or a sex pest in a lot of yeah the, uh-huh. uh, a lot of the remotes but um uh yeah so he brings him in and it's you know, at one point, Conan points out that all of the drawings only have one arm because he's drawn the breasts so big. That the, <laughs> the second arm is always just behind the breasts. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a great segment. But, yeah, I think it's like Conan takes Pierre to the D.C. offices or something. Um, I actually watched that recently. So I'm like scrolling through my uh, YouTube history to try to see.
1: Here, here it is i found it not on youtube but it's on daily motion right so another crappy um and it's conan pierre bernard and peter girardi is is mm-hmm. the guy and it's warner brothers animation okay. is what he is what he uh visited so um i'll have to give that a watch 2010 he's on conan on tbs um so a little more new but classic pierre um if you're really if you're really ready to watch, kind of a weird guy, and not weird <laughs> in a Schlansky way, but just kind of like a weird guy who's like not bashful about <laughs> his clear, like
2: um, the anti-Schlansky.
1: Yeah, a little bit of the anti-Schlansky. He's 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 all fine with um, making the the sexualizing. Um, fictional women characters because they're fictional, right? So he probably thinks it's a little less, ba- you know, not as bad, but um, he's just all in on his lifestyle. And you just know this guy. Um, I think on the, on the one of the earlier remotes where they went and met Pierre, like his office is just filled with action figures. They just line the walls. I mean, he's just one of those all out nerds, like does not hold back um, for social you know, reasons. So um, when you get that type of guy in a remote um, it's, it, it pays dividends.
0: Yeah. And yeah, that was, you know, now there's a, probably a lot of people whose offices look similar to Pierre's. I feel like that's more common, but at the, especially at the time that first remote aired, it would have been uh, pretty unusual. And that, that same one where they first go to his office, he's, uh, he's drawn, uh, like a cartoon on his dry erase board, of another large breasted woman surrounded by robots and like a tiny person. And uh, Pierre's like, yeah, this is like, uh, oh, and the reason Conan's there is because women don't want to go into Pierre's office. That's right. uh, Pierre's like, yeah, this is just a hopeful look at the future where men have all been shrunken down to six inches and replaced in the workplace by robots so that you know, women who have healthy bodies, like this woman can come to work and not be harassed by men because they're just working with all these robots. And Conan's like, so do you see why women don't want to come into your office? And he's like, I don't I feel like I'm like being optimistic here. Like, I feel like this is a good thing.
1: Yeah, that's the one I found. I found that one, but I was really looking for this other one. And uh, it's not on uh, YouTube, oddly enough, even though it's a Conan Conan remote. So get... Conan and Pierre get animated.
2: Yeah. It, it, Cameron trying to sneak in six picks.
1: Oh, the sensor <laughs> one's good too. Um, you know what it was? This Pierre Girardi. He looks like the sensor guy from the sensor I was drawing on it from my head uh, from the sensor episode. That's a that's a, that's a decent remote as well. All
0: right. Now, are you sure the gets animated one is not the one where they draw the flaming sea?
1: Well. Oh no um no because i see them talking to this guy hang on i'm skipping
0: it. yeah that's that's it i've i've got it up now yeah Yeah. this is the one it is on youtube too yeah oh it is peter Peter girardi and pierre bernard gets animated that's the name of the clip on youtube it's not it's not on youtube uh the team coco page has not put it up but somebody like a random person has put it up um on to uh Yeah, and it's confusing because there is another one that's Conan gets animated, and that is the one where they draw draw the flaming sea. I wonder if this is even the same bit, and there's part of it, because it's both on the WB lot at the DC Comics area. Okay. And I wonder if half of it just has Pierre and half of it doesn't. I don't know, because Conan's wearing the same clothes. Yeah, it's got to be the same thing they did at the same, or filmed it at the same time, at least.
1: So. Okay, interesting. The, the one on this video site, it's just him and Pierre the whole time yeah. with this guy. Yeah,
0: so. I guess they did two. I don't know, that's interesting.
1: But the, I, I have seen the one where she show, he shows like his Catwoman um, picture, and there's no other arm, <laughs> Right, <laughs> like you said. It's just the, Yeah. He's it's, like, it was hard to put the other arm in there
0: oh yeah i love that uh they got pierre on an episode of stargate sg1 uh, I, I i i
1: yeah uh right closet gator over here um uh and so i've seen the episode um and i, I remember watching it without knowing who pierre was and i was like that was some bad acting <laughs> why, why where did that guy come from
0: but that's uh that's a classic yep. Yeah, and then there's a remote where he goes to a Stargate convention and right. gives a speech, and everyone just loves Pierre at the Stargate convention. Yeah, just, yeah. It's good stuff. It's very much an the gentleman there. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, uh, all right, Paul, wrap us up. Yeah, I get to wrap it up. I'm going to go with one. Um, I'm glad you took a, a Pierre one because I always liked the recliner of rage segment. Oh yeah. Uh, and yeah. so I thought about that one or the one where Pierre's actually, I think this is the same one where they visit his office where he's buying weird naked mannequins. Cause he wants to turn them into lamps like off of Craigslist. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I thought about doing a Pierre one. I thought about ending with a clueless gamer one because I like, I especially like the early Clueless Gamer, and then it became a bit where they would always bring on a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And when they started bringing on the celebrity, it um, was never quite as good, I think, as the early ones, where it was just him and Aaron yeah. messing around. Um, I think of uh, the ones, the ones with celebrities. The only one I like a lot is the one with Bill Hader, because Bill Hader is one of the few people who can improv as well as Conan and just do as many bits as Conan. That sounds pretty good, but I'm going to go to one that uh, I think uh, I'm probably in a better position than anyone here to enjoy uh, being the father of three little girls. This one is from the early days of Conan on TBS, I believe because they're in Los Angeles and it's Conan visits the American girl store. Um, so this is something we have been to the American girl store in Nashville multiple times. Our girls have picked dolls out there. Uh, obviously I did not grow up with American girls in my household. Um, so I, I was not aware of this. Elena grew up owning American girl dolls. So, uh, she's just much more familiar with it. And there is a very intricate backstory to all of the American girl stuff. There's like novelizations that uh, sort of go along with it. And dolls are released for a certain period of time, and then they're not available anymore. But then there's like core dolls, and there's different series of dolls. Um, it's something that I like can sort of follow at this point after knowing like what dolls my girls have purchased. But uh, I still am a little confused over the terminology and everything. So Conan has kind of a wide variety of things to work with when he gets in here. Um, But first he does kind of a tour of the facility and he looks at these different dolls and um, they, you know, they're explaining the backstory. So there's one doll that uh, her dad, I think it's in um, the revolutionary war and her dad is captured by British soldiers and she has to go on a boat to like help rescue her dad. And Conan's like, Oh, so does she like, have to like stab a british soldier or something and the guy's like you don't really have that kind of material in the america girl books and he's like all right well how are you supposed to rescue your dad from the british without any violence um or conan asks like okay are dolls from the 1800s allowed to play with the dolls that are from the 1700s and i think the guy says um we leave that up to every child's individual uh play it's not play style. He has some weird terminology that he uses that, of course, Conan is making fun of. But the real gem of the segment is Conan uh, goes to they have a cafe in the American Girl Doll store where you can like rent out rooms, for birthday parties and stuff. And you get to bring your doll or you get to borrow a doll. So Conan picks out a doll that he thinks looks the most like him um, and uh, uh, brings her into the dining um. The dining store they have like a high chair set up and the entire second half of the uh of the skit is conan basically doing kind of puppetry with this doll and making fun of the two employees via the doll um and i'm trying to remember what he um what he named her he gave her a uh like a very german sounding name like like or something like that. And he just uses this heavy German accent the entire time. And um, like at one point the guy's like, okay, well, do you want to hear um, a riddle? Like one thing we do with the kids is like say riddles. And Conan's like, yeah, I'd love to hear a riddle. And then he turns with the doll and it's like, oh my God, when is this man going to go away? Why is he torturing us with these riddles? Um, and just like that stuff over and over again, or he orders food, for his doll. And then when they bring the food, he takes the food and like throws it on the ground. Uh, and then it's like, Oh, I can't, what do you, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing that? This nice man brought you food and you're just throwing it. Um, but like just the, the, like him, just clearly having so much fun, um, at the end of that segment with the doll is just, uh, just perfect. At one point he, I think like, uh, or no, I'm, I'm confusing that with another skit. Yeah. But he, um, uh, yeah, it's just a, just a great segment that again, um, being well aware of how confusing the American girl backstory is. I find this skit uh, particularly funny.
1: Yeah. I have seen this one. I haven't seen it in a while. I was kind of watching a little bit of it while you were talking and yeah, he's, he's using the, you know, that old bit, like um, they do it in sitcoms. Sometimes where somebody brings their ventriloquist doll and they use the doll to insult the people personally because they want to, and he's really giving it to these waiters through the doll, um, and it's pretty funny because the doll's name is Agnes, like Schweitzer or something like yeah, that. Schwe- yeah,
0: Schweifhoffer. I just looked it up.
1: Schweifhoffer. Yeah, and uh, it's it's pretty funny. It's this tiny little doll, and you're right. He'll like grab her arm and be like, "Is he going to get to the point already? I'm tired of listening to this." So it's uh it's pretty funny. I remember watching this one. Uh, it's clearly one where, uh, you know, he's like, guys, I'm here to make fun of your establishment here. So, uh, <laughs> you know, g- g- kudos to the, to the waitstaff and everybody for not, uh, you know, taking it too personal, but it, it is a funny one.
2: And using the, using the doll as, as a, as a ventriloquist tell me is that that allows him to indulge in his love of just silly voices and silly accents too. True. Yeah. Just another thing I love. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, You want to do a quick rundown and then we'll tell them to go vote.
0: Yeah. Let's go ahead and do our our, our recap, right? We usually give sort of a little 30 seconds pitch as to why the listener should vote for your team. So Jordan, why don't you go ahead and give your uh, your pitch to the listeners out there? All
2: right, well, up top, I have the bit that Conan won and played at his funeral, so I feel like that's pretty, a pretty strong. Pretty sad.
1: Pretty, pretty sad, pretty sad,
2: pretty <laughs> uh, sad. It is truly my favorite remote segment he ever did. Um, his Again, just indulging his love of, of old-timey things. I've got a Schlansky segment, going uh, to Jordan's favorite Italian restaurant. Um, Conan just... Um, not, not allowing Jordan to be Jordan. Um, I've got Conan exploring an American city, particularly late at night. Um, I've got Conan visits uh, visiting a celebrity he actually enjoys and would, would really like to talk to, but they just completely subvert that and just shoot things the entire time. Um, and then I, I also have a triumph segment at the 2002 VMAs, which again just allows triumph to just do what he does and, and insult people.
1: And I have uh, triumph the so I got some some Conan classics. Well, let's go with the Conan not the, the Conan by himself. We got Conan bird watching in Central Park. Uh, you know, Conan uh, out there with a, a group of straight men. It's a good watch. Then we got Conan with the celebrities. Conan, Ice Cube, and Kevin Hart take a lift. Uh, so some, some good comedic geniuses here um, all together. It's a, it's a recipe for success. So uh, that one's from Conan on TBS. Uh, and then I have three uh, Conan character classics, right? I have Pierre Bernard, um, the uh, odd, weird, friendly, creepy guy um, uh, showing us his creepy um, comic animations. Uh, and running them by the uh, the WB, the, the Warner Brothers uh, animation guy. So uh, another straight man there to to laugh at his creepiness. Then I have Jordan Slansky, classic uh, the espresso machine remote, where he he buys a re- espresso machine with the funds from the show, and Conan uh, punishes him essentially for being so. Um, What's the word? Elitist against the rest of the staff. And then finally, we have Triumph, the insult comic dog, uh, the Don Rickles of our generations, uh, and giving it to the Star Wars fans. Uh, As a Star Wars fan myself, this is still hilarious. You just love to see somebody really give it to to nerds, especially when they're a a dog puppet. So uh, you're not going to laugh any harder than that if you haven't seen it.
0: All right. And for my team here, right, um, I've got some very classic Conan elements that you can only find on my team. I've got the musical element with the dudes aplenty, right? Conan always doing a lot of music in the remotes. Um, So I've got the music heavy one. I've got Conan with Andy, right? I'm the only one with a Conan and Andy heavy remote. Uh, So the classic pairing there of Conan with his sidekick going out there. Then Conan uh, working off of a wacky celebrity with the apple picking with Mr. T get to see Conan uh, out again, doing some good improv and playing very well off Mr. T and then Conan in. Uh, you know, his, his environment here where he likes to uh, get with some people who are maybe not sure how to interact with him, but the Conan becomes a civil war reenactor. Conan gets to wear a nice costume, always a great part of a remote. And then Conan visiting the American Girl store and getting to uh, both mock the staff and also flirt with the staff. Another Conan uh, remote staple flirting with uh, any, any woman basically that he sees. Uh, while well, out and about. So that is our three teams. Uh, you can vote for which of these you think is the finest collection of Conan skits by going To the notes of this episode where we have linked to all of our social media pages, you can vote on Facebook. You can also find those links on anchor.fm slash what's on draft. We'd also love to hear, uh, you know, what are some of your favorite Conan remotes that we left off of our list here? You can, uh, again, either contact us on those social media pages or write into what's on draft podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and let us know, uh, you know, what we missed or or which ones you really liked the best. Um, Other than that, right, uh, it's really helpful for us if you could give us that five-star review. It's especially helpful if you uh, can give us that review on Apple Podcasts, if you have an account or an iPhone. Uh, That's the best for kind of getting up the charts in terms of finding new listeners. Um, And share this episode, right? Conan wrapping up this week. There's a lot of people that are big Conan fans out there. Uh, why not let them give this episode a listen and see what some of their favorite remotes are? Um, so we're kind of wrapping up here guys. Uh, as we kind of head out, I know we all had lists you know where we really wanted um, some extra ones on our team. Uh, what are some you got any notable alternates here to to kind of throw out real quick?
2: Yeah, I had a few I, I, I... Left off, there is the one where Conan tries to sell his 1992 Ford Taurus to you know fancy auction houses or, or car dealers, and you know it's a 1992 Ford Taurus, like no one no one takes it seriously, and he's he's trying to play it up and make jokes about it. Um, he opens the hood and he says, you know, "I call this engine the ranch. You want to know why? it's where my 220 horses. Live. <laughs> um, I had uh, I wanted to get an Andy segment on there, but just the ones I had in my the upper tier were just way better. I, there was one where he trains become a TV meteorologist. That one has some some fun bits. He talks to the guy who um, plays the music and is playing music, and he's asking like, "Is this is this more thunderstorm music or hurricane music?" Um, some good. Uh, some good, uh, Andy trying to interact with people. And then a, a wild card I had was, um, it's really specific remote. Um, I think a few months before this, he had, they had booked Slipknot onto the show as the musical guest. And just as another, as a dumb bit, they, um, created this group called the Slipknots. So they, they accidentally booked them on the same night. Um, later they few Months later, they uh, to make up for for um booking slip nuts the same way as slip they book a slip nuts which had the three Conan writers a uh, Brian Stack, Brian uh John Glazer, and Andy Blitz. They book them a show at some arena, and you know, as it quote unquote turns out, a slip is also playing that night. Um, it just it you know, I I what I love about it is it just kind of demonstrates how. Conan um runs with a dumb joke yes it, you know it's yes. just it's just a stupid pun you know if this is someone like jay leno he would just you know like just say like oh well we just uh we booked the slip nuts and like that would be the end of the joke but just yeah. Conan just creates this five minute bit yeah. out of this joke and just showed how well he can take a one note joke and just run with it um
1: that that, that's a good one you're right because he he does that humor where he can some of his humor is um, reiterating the joke it's kind of and you can see that in modern comedy more and more it's just like the guy just keeps describing like how how stupid you are or something like that um, over and over again Uh, and so this the he does that with Jordan right when he tells him elaborately how he's going to kill them Right. right. So he just won't let it go. He keeps describing it. He does that. He does that really well. I try to use that humor with my wife. She does not like it when it's used <laughs> on her. Uh, when you keep the joke going, she's like, we get it. You need to stop. Um, uh, but Conan does it pretty well. I remember the Slip Nuts. And then then they go out and perform in that like heavy metal crowd.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. I should say they, they quote unquote open for right. Slip Nuts Which their song
1: yeah. is like, 12 seconds long (laughs) i
2: i i I can i i I can do it we're the slip nuts slipping on nuts clowning around and slipping on nuts we're the slip nuts slipping on nuts oh look he fall down and slipped on some nuts again it's just such a stupid stupid Stupid. shows how ingenious conan is how he can take a stupid joke and make it really funny
0: and always uh, sort of signpost the fact that it's a stupid joke too, right? Conan's the first one to be like, yeah. Yeah. you know, we brought out the FedEx Pope and then he's just at his desk. <laughs> like, this is so stupid. <laughs> that's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a couple, so I already mentioned the sensor one. Uh, that's a good one. When he first goes to the TBS, he meets the sensor and he's playing up that thing. You know, I thought I was coming to cable. I could say he's just rattling off all these curse words. And he's like, no, no, just you know, just a couple of of differences. Um, Funny thing about that bit, I remember he 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 mentions this to the censor. I remember watching Die Hard two years earlier on TBS, and at the very end of the movie, instead of saying Yippee Kaye, Mother Effer, right, the censor changes it to Yippee Kaye, Mister Falcon. And I remember being so confused watching the movie saying like, who was the guy's name Falcon? Like, I was like, I forget what the guy's name was, but I don't remember hearing Falcon in the movie. And, uh, and sure enough, he brings that up uh, to the sensor and the guy's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we just had to put something in there. He's like, there's not a Mr. Falcon in the movie. Um, so that's, a, that's a good one. Um, where he sells his Ford Taurus, where he takes his Ford Taurus uh, to, to tries to sell it, and then he tries to take it to a classic car museum. Um, that one's pretty funny, you know, Conan playing up his his cheapness and 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 him not being a super celebrity. Uh, that one's good. Uh, I also wrote down Carolyn goes caroling. Have you guys seen that one? I mean, sorry, Conan goes caroling. Hmm.
2: That's, I haven't seen that one. That's
1: a good one. That's a good mid 2000s. He goes caroling with these kind of old timey looking people. So he's playing that old timey kind of character again. They go caroling. Um, and they most of the houses they go to, the people like turn the lights off and they close the door. So they're <laughs> just getting shunned the whole time. And then one time, like um, they're, they're at a house and uh, they're singing and they're like, you know, well, bring us a figgy pudding and bring us. And he goes, like, you know, back in the old times, they would bring you know, a figgy pudding to the carolers. Do you have some? And they're like, no. He's like, what do you have any cookies have Any oatmeal granola bar? And they're like, Oh, I think we have some granola bars. So they bring them some granola bars and they're like all eating granola bars. And then Conan looks in the house. He's like, are you guys watching law and order? And then smash cut to the carolers in this 19th century garb all sitting in the living room, watching law and order on the TV, <laughs> um, kind of classic smash cut Conan stuff, um, which was pretty good. Um, that's it for my my non-character uh, specific. Um, Jordan Slansky, lot on the table there. Um, we've already talked about the espresso machine, tasting espresso, Italian dinner. Um, he goes apartment shopping, which is a really good one because you get to see him talk about his energy he's like you know there's not not like the energy in here and Conan's like what are you talking about energy are are you talking about like uh shutters we can put shutters up like (laughs) that's not like a a mythical thing um and then the entire italy trip itself is Mm -hmm. just a hilarious watch now i didn't pick that because it's technically like five different remotes uh all, all all merged into one but uh conan without borders that's what it's called um But, uh, the Italy one is superb. Um, and when you want to see Jordan break character, you watch, uh, when Conan like proposes the Italy trip to, to, to Jordan and he's, he's, he's there and they're proposing it. And, and they end up start like laughing at each other and Jordan laughs for like 10, 15 seconds. Uh, so it's, it's a really good character break, but when you're talking about, um, not letting a joke die and then trying to kill Jordan, um, and the relationship between Conan and Jordan. A great example is when Jordan's getting on his nerves during this interview, Conan has this little pointer that he was using to point to Italy on the map where they want to go, and Conan says, I want, to take this, I want to take this pointer, and I want to shove it through your eye to the back of your brain where speech is controlled, and I want to wiggle it around until you stop talking. And Jordan just deadpan stares at him, and he goes, that's not where speech is controlled. and 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 conan like kind of loses it (laughs) so uh just a a clear microcosm of their of their relationship um which is uh hilarious i hope he's involved in in the new show but those are my uh alternates
0: yeah i i mean i feel like he'll at least be a a producer and so if he is there working conan's gonna bring him on at some point
1: uh, the uh the late to work one is another classic one mm-hmm. where he's like Jordan doesn't show up to like two o'clock on Fridays. So yeah. he waits for him there and, and he's kind of going through his office and and,
0: and everything. Uh so that's another another good Schlansky. Yeah. He's like, I I'm going to stay much later than everyone else. Why should I not be here? <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I, I had several on the table as well. Um there's one where uh it was one of the Chicago shows where Conan is writing uh, blues it's called like conan writes chicago blues with school children and so he's interviewing children about like what's the worst thing that's happened in your life so we can write a blues song about it and one of the kid is like i'm always getting hit in the head with balls and they're like what he's like every time someone throws a ball it hits <laughs> me in the head and so like that they just write a song about that uh, uh another late night one conan delivers chinese food Um, is a classic Conan just eats a lot of the Chinese food halfway to people's houses. And then at one point he just stops in like a, a Thai restaurant and is like, I don't know, it's, it's Asian food. Just give me some soup and I'll give it to them instead of the food that I ate. Uh, And then he tries to make one delivery and the person sees the TV cameras and is just like, I'm not taking that food and just turns and leaves. And so Conan's just in the lobby of this hotel, like, well, now I've got all this Chinese food and I don't know uh what to do with it um there's one like within the first couple of months that he's on TBS where he goes to uh check on his wax figure at uh Madame Tussauds um and it's they made the wax figure to celebrate him getting the tonight show and then it was going to like be out and about like on tour and then of course that never happened when he left the tonight show so instead they just put it in the wax museum and he cracks a bunch of jokes about it, um, about like, oh, look how hopeful and like, you know, you know, I, w- I was feeling and stuff that you can tell yeah. is a joke, but also kind of real at the same yeah. time. Like yeah. he's, he's still obviously very hurt about the whole thing. But the best yeah. part of the segment is these three Korean girls that come in. Yes. And uh, they uh, are like asking questions about it, and he's as he's kind of interacting with them. And at one point, the three of them like all make the exact same noise simultaneously. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it was so like it, it was, was so weird how perfect.
1: Yeah, their reaction there they it was one of those things where like you think, oh, the culture has so instilled the correct reaction. Based off of the news yeah. being delivered, because he was all like, "Yeah, I'm a big celebrity," and they all go, "Oh!" And he's like, "Yeah, I used to date date Angelina Jolie," and they were all like, "Oh!" And then he was like, "Until until she broke up with me," and they go,
0: "Oh!" It, it, was, <laughs> it was
1: it was funny. I remember that now that you yep. mentioned it.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was a good one. Um, Conan becomes a Mary Kay consultant was another. Uh, Another good one. And um, one that I like a lot because of the person he gets paired with is uh, Conan becomes a UPS driver for the day. And he ends up with a great sidekick on the truck um, that just play, you know, it's just a guy that works at UPS, but he plays off Conan very well. And at the end of the, the skit, he's like, all right, well, you know, we have to make this delivery at the house, but the person's not answering the door. And the guy says, well, the safest thing to do is to walk around to the side of the house and leave the package at the side door. So they go around and Conan goes, oh, this person has a pool in their backyard and hops the fence and just jumps into their pool. And he's talking to the guy from UPS. He's like, come on, get in. And the guy's like, I don't know. And Conan starts to try to convince him. And is like, no, it's really hot. It's okay. And then like before Conan gets halfway through the sentence, the guy's like, all right, I'll do it. And just jumps into the pool with Conan. So it's just him and this UPS guy in some random person's backyard swimming in their pool. Uh, it's a pretty good, pretty good segment in general. But um, yeah, lots of good ones. Uh, You know, I don't know about you guys, Conan was always, he was always my favorite late night host. And, um, you know, I'll watch some of the Fallon segments, um, especially if he has like a guest I enjoy on. But, um, you know, I've really stopped watching any of the Kimmel segments. Um, uh, Like you, Cameron, I just have not enjoyed Colbert since he moved to CBS. And, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Seth Meyers. Uh, yeah, Seth Myers, uh, obviously, as I just did, I kind of forget that he exists. Yeah, I forgot um, him. So, um, you know, since Ferguson went off the air, uh, when they were both on, Conan and Ferguson were the two Ferguson's that I enjoyed the, yeah. enjoyed the most. Yeah. Um, so sad to see Conan hanging it up now, but I'm excited to see. You know, I think Conan's the guy that the only reason he's doing it is because Um, I mean, one, HBO Max and TBS are are sort of sister networks, so he can stay with the same people. Um, And he's, you know, he's seen the ratings at at TBS. They're not doing well. So it's sad to see him kind of fade out. But Conan is always great about jumping on to the next thing um, at kind of the right Mm -hmm. time. He launched his podcast at kind of the right time and it's grown really, really well. Um, And so I'm, I'm sure he has a good concept for what the new variety show is going to be and, and we'll probably kind of reinvigorate him. I feel like the pandemic shows with no audience really kind of took it out on him. You could tell he was not enjoying it uh, at the time. So
1: yeah, he, he needs an audience. <clears throat> he, he needs people more than anything, not really an audience. He's an interactor, right? That's where he gets his comedy from. He's not a stand-up guy, right? Um, which is kind yeah. of the thing they were talking about. Really differentiated him from Leno and Letterman. Uh, was that he was not a stand up guy. He's a writer, right? So he he writes things and uh, and he plays quick humor off of what's happening improv. So um, hopefully he'll he'll really he'll land that when you talk about like he kind of pioneered some of this newer stuff, right? His Cuba episode, which was really just because Cuba opened up um launched kind of that conan without borders and that cuban episode is hilarious mm-hmm. a lot of his conan without borders are are hilarious me and holly just watched the australian one the other day um and there was some really funny stuff there so um he he does a lot of a lot of cool things so it's like to see him get out of that kind of dying format of uh, guy in a suit tell some jokes does a segment has a guest talks banter yada 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 like that's that seems pretty cheap at this point um so it is what it is but do y'all have a favorite bit not remote but bit that he does or did obviously he's had several shows and i think sometimes bits Mm. can't be moved over or anything like that
2: but recurring bit or just just any even just a one-time bit
1: uh either I was thinking recurring, but, uh, you know, even yeah. a single moment would be.
0: Maybe the Walker Texas Ranger lever. I, that was it. That was oh, mine. Yeah. yeah. The Walker lever, yeah.
1: which as a kid, I was actually a huge Walker fan. Like I watched Walker like all day long in the summers. It was, mm-hmm. I, it was I knew it was on USA. And when they got that lever, I mean, it was just gold. Uh, and there was some great, whoever was finding those clips, I mean, mm-hmm. was getting a pay bump uh, for sure.
2: It, it feels like the Walker text Ranger Lever is almost YouTube before YouTube, just taking things out of context and just the, the, the humor comes from the stripping them from its context. Right. Yeah. Um, I was watching a bunch of those last year and I was just, I texted a couple of friends and just said like, I was watching all these Walker text Ranger Lever bits and just kind of, just kind of mourning like the, the, the climate of, of late night comedy, you know, it's, you know, I understand we're going through, you know, um, a, a particular uh, presidential administration, things are have to <laughs> adjust somewhat in late night, but it just, it just made me genuinely sad for an era where you could just be silly and like that was really that was always required of you.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, and Conan was like the king of that stuff. I mean, the other when you talk about recurring bits, um, the other one that that sort of comes to mind with Conan is the masturbating bear, which is just the just the dumb again the dumbest idea for him to just roll with. But um, I did like there's one segment where they you know they bring the bear on. It's like Christmas, and he's going to hand out presents, and of course he stops and and uh, starts grabbing at his his uh diaper and conan's like you know what that's it like i'm sick of it like every time we bring you on the show you promise you're not going to do that and like whoever's playing this bear like we just cannot trust you anymore we always get in trouble with the network for having this on tv like it's time we finally figured out what's going on and he just rips the bear head off and it's jim carrey uh in the bear yeah, suit yeah. Uh, yeah it was a good a good
2: bit but they really found just the perfect music cue for that bit like i don't think mm -hmm. it would be half as funny as it is without the saber dance
0: right yep totally all right well we have been going for a while i'm sure we could reminisce on Conan stuff for uh hours more i mean i know i could but uh you know it was a big part especially in like college i feel like it was just the right time for me to watch a lot of late night tv and that was when and you know i say it's probably like when conan was at the height of stuff but it's probably just because that's when i was you know at the age to most enjoy it but like that was like the rider strike era and all that stuff that uh just seems pretty epic in in memory but uh yeah jordan thanks for coming back on uh for chatting conan with us Uh, happy to happy to have you back Thanks for
2: having me. Thanks you for having uh, the, the clueless gamer of Conan remote segment networks.
1: Uh There's not a Conan line to take us off
0: in, is there? You know, he doesn't have a lot of catchphrases because a lot of his stuff is like just making sounds or <laughs> <laughs> doing the string dance. Yeah,
1: the string dance. <laughs> um.
0: You could do the, old, the old-timey voice. Thanks for listening to another episode of What's on Draft.